Greetings, friends. This is We Own This Town Music, the podcast for showcasing new and notable tracks from Nashville and surrounding areas. I'm your host, Michael Eads, and this is volume 295. For this episode, we've got a real special one. As you can tell from the episode title, I've got some special guests here with me today. Joining me in the studio is Negro Justice and Aaron Deathridge. Welcome. Let's crack it. What's up? What's up? Normally on the show, I put together a playlist of tracks from around the Nashville area, but we're going to switch it up this week and we're going to talk about one album, the debut full length record from Negro Justice entitled Chosen Family. Let's go. Hopefully by now, by the time you hear this, mm-hmm. you, the listener, the album is out. Oh, yeah, it should be. These go up, these go up Tuesdays. These right? go up Tuesdays. Oh, Album yeah. comes out Monday, Monday, March 14th. March 14th. Pi Day, my born day. Your birthday, yes. and kind of a gift to the world. Yeah, man, it's my birthday <laughs> gift to me. You remember that shit on Emperor's New Groove, bro? He said, it's my birthday gift to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I want to do is uh, I want to give a little background here on how I know Negro Justice. I randomly stumbled across him on Bandcamp, just cruising around. Beautiful. That's a beautiful thing found the stimulus ep back in june of 2020 i think i've been following along ever since there's the second stimulus ep two ronin father figure dutchmaker's thesis resplendent a few more i'm probably forgetting but each of those releases showcased a growing confidence in the vocal delivery and the variety of styles of music as you'd hope for anyone the more he released the better and more interesting it got not to blow smoke up your ass while you're sitting right next to me, but it's really been getting impressive as it goes along. Appreciate it, man. Debut full-length album, Chosen Family, uh, is available on March 14th, as we mentioned, and uh, it's a fantastic culmination of the collaborations with appearances from G-Slab, Rio Tokyo, Amber Woodhouse, Corduroy Clemens, H.B. Mandela, Chan Tate, Black Whistle, C.I. Aki, F.U. Stan, and a host of producers that I'm not even aware of, Aaron Deathridge being the primary man behind the boards, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, I did the uh, mixing and mastering, recording, all, all, all the studio side of it. I produced one of the tracks, but most of the production work was just vibes. He did, I'd say, probably two-thirds of the record. And then uh, Calcutta, who is an L.A.-based... L.A., right? The, oh, yeah, Cali. The Bay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The Bay, yeah. Bay boy. Yeah, yeah. He's a producer that Chris has worked with before on yep. some of those earlier projects. Yep. Um, and then, I think, have you put out anything from Corey before, or is this the first Just Vibes project? No, this is the first, because the first single was GTSH, and yeah, that yeah. was produced by Corey. But, yeah, so it's really just like, the three core is Corey, Calcutta, and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Aaron. All right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's just those three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we dive into the nitty gritty details, I w- just want to throw this out there. Highly recommend that you follow Negro Justice on Instagram, Negro underscore Justice. On Twitter, Negro Justice, no underscore. Hey. And on Bandcamp at negrojustice87.bandcamp.com. Yes. All that's linked in the episode description. I don't expect you to uh, remember all of those URLs and usernames, but uh, definitely do that. And check out the record if you haven't yet already, because this episode is a track-by-track breakdown of the whole album and all of the things that went into making it. Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, you know, I would say the best place to look for me is probably the 6-1 Tribe accounts. That's kind of my main focus right now and kind of what I brought to this record. It's at 6-1 Tribe on Instagram and then uh, I, I guess it's Twitter also just yeah. at. Yeah, so 6-1 at 6-1 Tribe on Twitter. Yeah, which you have heard 6-1 Tribe on this show many times before and I 
guarantee you will hear six one tribe on this show uh, in we, the future we have a lot in store um <laughs> yeah but uh the, the whole six one tribe brand is just kind of um this is part of the vision of that you know the collective stuff we do is just a part of the whole it's really here to elevate the individual artistic kind of pursuits of the artist as much as bring them together to make collaborative art yeah so yeah i, I run those accounts I have a personal account, but that's more about me talking about my dog and sure. my day job. So, Is the uh, dog cool, though? Oh, yeah. She's great. <laughs> Shout out to Abby. Hell yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like Chris sometimes, but other than that, no, she's great. No, she just don't she's know. coming she around. She just don't know she like me yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a good transition into the actual album and how the album came together. Before we get into the individual tracks, let's talk about what was the sort of impetus behind making a full-length record. You'd put out a number of releases before, EPs, single tracks. Uh, obviously, that's the next step is do a full-length record. But how do you how do you start that process? How do you get into that? Were you already hooked up with Aaron and you knew that that was your place to be for, for putting it all together? Yeah, so, so I was already connected with Aaron through... I met him through Slab, through doing Resplendent. That's how me yeah. and Aaron initially connected. It was Slab and I did Resplendent at... Eastside Manor, where he's the, you know, Renaissance man, producer, engineer, <laughs> mixer, master. I hope Renaissance man is on the business card. Origami, mm, paper know. folder, making paper cranes. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, so we I linked with Aaron through Slab, and the album was actually Aaron's idea. Like, he, he came to me and was like, dude, I want to do a record. And he kept, he kept, that kept coming up, and he would say it just like that every time. He, he would, <laughs> we would be in the studio, he'd turn and look at me, he'd be like, <sighs> Man, <laughs> I want to do a record, and yeah. I was like, "You want to do?" He's like, "You want to do one with me?" It's like, you know, you know, you know, slabbing them, right? Like, uh, you know, it was like I was getting a little bit self conscious, like me, like he wants to do it with me. Why? And I was like, "Nah, nah, nah." You know what? Let's make a record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, All right, well, thank so, you for that, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron was really the driving force behind it. I was ready to get in there and just cook and and make, you know keep doing the eps keep doing the 61 tribe stuff but aaron pushed for it we started collecting beats and uh you know we'll get into it as we go but like the the concept started to formalize and and it just went from there which comes first lyrics or beats man it's always a little of both with me because i i write to beats but i also am just writing all the time uh so like i'll like i may write something acapella or like not to any beat and just keep it around and if i you know i like it or it stays in my head when i hear a beat and it evokes that lyric i'll be like nah, okay that was the that was the one i need to keep around it might just be one line one two little lines or like a punchline or something i thought was cool yeah. that i thought of i'll just jot it down and and we'll we'll go back and build from there but i did a lot of like very focused writing for this and like really going hard trying to collect as many beats as i could with different flavors like to or if something wasn't inspiring me just like hey give me you know shoot me something else shoot me something else so well it definitely shows for sure throughout the record there's a lot of diversity here i Man. think so mm -hmm. i'm sure it was that a collaborative experience where you were bringing the beats and say like hey what do you does this work so, or, or were you how was the forming of it yeah yeah yeah. It, ahead, I, I don't know how much of this you even remember but at the start of this record i'm gonna put my girlfriend on blast and she's gonna be mad because she's sitting right here but <laughs> i i was watching her one night and she was working on a pinterest board of trying to like figure out ideas for what she wanted to do to our house yeah. and i was like what if we approached a record that way what if we made like a pinterest board of what we want this record to be before we even start making it and so i told chris make me a playlist of 
a record's length worth of songs that you wished you had made. Like it, when you hear this song, you're like, that is how I would start my record if I could make a record. Yeah. And so we, before we wrote or recorded anything for this, created this hour long playlist of kind of like sonic inspiration for what we were trying to do. Yeah. We kind of like analyzed what happened in those songs that we liked so much about them. And we're like, okay, well, rather than saying, let's sit down and make a beat today, let's say, let's sit down and make a beat today that, you know, the first track in our inspo playlist was a piano only track. It was this, it was ghetto gospel, yeah, right? Sauce Walker, ghetto gospel. Um, and in that track, it's just this four minute two rapper, yeah, two rappers each doing a verse. It's like they're both long, like very story like driven verses, story driven, passionately delivered verses. But it's just this piano loop, but it's so like striking and so powerful, amazing, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, like, when we approach the first track of the record, No Throwaways, we're like, okay, well, what if we envision this as just a piano only track? And it didn't end up staying that in the long right. run. We kind of, this was always just a blueprint to get us started. But we kind of approached each thing with this archetype in mind of like what we wanted to pursue with it. And I'd never done anything like that before, but it was really like it allowed us to never feel. Like we had a full kind of blank slate when we were starting something new. We yeah. always kind of knew where it was going to head before yeah. we started it. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I, cool. I 100% remember that, bro. I still have the playlist. Oh, I do too. I still listen to the playlist all the yeah, time, yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's uh, a good little playlist. Yeah. I may have to stand on there. may have to ask for that yeah. at some yeah, point. We'll, we and can see, see if we can the share blue, that. The blueprint playlist. Oh, yeah. I, that's what it's in my YouTube. I can pull it up on my phone right now. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, that's a extremely smart way to go about it. I mean, for myself personally, I find that creativity is very hard when it's just a blank sheet of paper. Like mm -hmm. you're coming from nothing. Mm -hmm. But if you're coming from like a seed of mm -hmm. an idea, yeah. you're not restricted to that. Right. Like here's what we're thinking, but you don't have to like stay in those lanes, but you at least have a tiny bit of inspiration. I'll something to lead you along the way so that's a intelligent way to go about it it's great i mean you hear you hear artists in the majors talking about like uh like i think i remember an interview jack harlow was talking about a song where he was like we just wanted to make something that sounded like we got it for cheap by the clips like you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i was like well and I, that, I mean i listened to that song 15 times before i listened to the rest of that album so that's not a bad idea <laughs> yeah. and i feel like we did a really good job of being very like adaptive as we went along like right. that blueprint served its function but as soon as we felt like our idea had We're evolved to, past yeah. the yeah. initial mm -hmm. kind of like base level we just left that in the dust yeah because we didn't want to make a record that sounded like those 15 songs sure. we wanted to make a record that that you couldn't go back and tell where it started just by listening to it we didn't want it to be like oh well this is the one that obviously was inspired by that drake song because it sounds like a drake song right totally um, yeah that's great i mean the the resulting album is very dense but in a really good way mm. like it's, it's it sounds very thick mm -hmm. there's a lot of different styles there's a lot of different messages throughout it and it also has like a very cohesive theme throughout it too so i think the efforts that you put forth have uh definitely show definitely appreciate show a lot i mean in the We'll get into this, but the transitions throughout the record, start to finish, are mm. 
I mean, I don't even have the word that, for man. it. Our hard work paid off, bro, because we were very <laughs> meticulous about uh, them transitions. I, I don't know if the streaming services have gapless playback, That's but you so, need it. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that because that was that was a, a issue we came in on mastering. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, the, there's a setting in Spotify you have to turn off. So if you're listening to this before you've listened to the record, <laughs> before you stream this record, and really any record, if you go into your settings on Spotify, there's a, a crossfade feature. Crossfade. That's and, it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it, it'll play the first second of a song while the last second of the song before it's playing, and and that'll that'll screw up what we've got going on because mm-hmm. this record, if you turn it on, uh, really start to finish doesn't stop. Right, you know, from the moment you press play to the end of the record, it just kind of flows, and you don't really know a song has started before you're you know well into the first verse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and that was very intentional. <laughs> yeah, man. and I lo- like I was telling Aaron. Part of the inspiration was that I'm a huge The Dream fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a, I'm a R and B nerd. So like his first three albums had that that quality, and it was like it would be like it's a 16 song album, but it sounds like it's like 24 songs, and then everything like most beautifully seem like seamlessly transitions into itself. And I like I told him and, and Miranda's girlfriend sitting right here. I said, "Let me show y'all one of my favorite moments in music, please." And it was the transition between the song "Mr. Yeah" and Kelly's 12 play on the Dreams. Uh, I think it was the uh, his second album, "Love Versus Money." Yeah, I was like, the transition between those two songs is like top three favorite moments in music for wow. me, and like so, and so I really wanted to be like meticulous about the transitions. Well, uh, it worked. Yeah, it totally worked. Cool. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Practically speaking, how long did the record take to come to fruition? I mean, like the writing, the beats, and the recording. Like, is that? Eight months? Is it? Yeah. You, you <laughs> nailed it. This is exactly it. eight was, months. That was great. Um, yeah, yeah, I knew. I knew. Great yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, Good through job. those eight months, we had we had the holidays. We were sure. doing 6-1 mm-hmm. Tribe stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't like every day we were, you know, 9 to 5 working on this record. Inclement I, weather, yeah. as we all remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there have definitely been ups and downs through that process. But, yeah, I mean, we started it whatever eight months ago was. We, we figured that out yeah. the day we finished it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't throw out eight months as like, oh, this is absurd. I'm throwing that out as like, well, you're doing this in your free time. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is like, you know, it's not a side project per se, but it's not like, like you said, nine to five. You're not working mm-hmm. for <laughs> eight months, forty hours a week. I wish, man. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, we'd have more than one album. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, that's, that'll happen for yeah. sure. That's, um, that's 2023. Mm-hmm. I have some theories about the whole album, but I'm, I think I might save them till the end. I love your theories, in, Michael. In, just in terms of the, <laughs> you should, you should share your theories. I don't know. Like, so oh, I, there man. might be some concepts at play here. But you can't I, be having bourbon around when I come over here, bro. <laughs> but we'll 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 see. Uh, what I'd like to do uh, for the remainder of the show, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We're going to be flexible. I want to play each track from the record. Mm. Let the listener hear it, and then we'll come back after the song, and we'll just talk about like what happened in that song, how was it produced, who was involved, what was the lyrical inspiration, yes. any trivia, but not all the trivia. Not all the trivia, because you don't get you don't get all the 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 sauce up front, man. You got to ask for extra. Yeah, sauce. this is like you're gonna get great insight into the record, and it's a phenomenal record but you're not going to get everything because you need to listen to it and you need to pull from it and you need to hear the pieces of it that speak to you so yeah the Mm -hmm. pieces is that a 
That's not a great way to put it, but no, no, the no, no, pieces. No, I, I, just, I, just, I was just ad libbing your 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 tea up there, bro. That was awesome. I was just ad libbing your shit. I was like, yeah. Oh. All right, so we're gonna start with the the not the you called the first track no throwaways, but the first track is a message from a maze eighty eight, which is a really nice intro into the album. Yeah. So this is the intro, but not the first track, and I like that differentiation. No, that is a, that is an important distinction nice. to make. All right, so let's hear a message from a maze eighty eight. What is good, Kim Folk? What is good? It's Negro Justice. I appreciate y'all reaching out, man. Leaving me your thoughts, your insights. I do this because I, I learn and live and grow from y'all, you feel me? So, you know, holla at me. Please leave your message after the time. Peace, bro. It's your boy Amaze. Ocho, Ocho. Wanted to say what's up. Give my little two cents about uh, choosing your family. Those that are creative are unique in a way that they have a different energy. And that energy connects in various ways. A lot of times it brings positive people. Sometimes it brings negative. But when it brings other creative people around, that's when it's special. That's when it's like a storm. You never know when the thunder's gonna hit. You never know when you'll see the lightning. But it does happen. And when it does, especially. And it's unique. And it never happens the same way. All right, we just heard a message from Amaze88. That is the intro to Chosen Family. I think it's a nice greeting from mm-hmm. Negro Justice to the listener, you know? Man, that was so that was the one that set the tone, man. So what, what we did was, as the concept started to formulize, did formulate? I formulate? Formulate. Yeah. But um, so it was this idea of you choose your own family. And that was the original title I had for the album. But Aaron was like, well, maybe we can make it more punchy. What if you say chosen family? And I said, okay, bet. Yeah. And so the idea was, Aaron said, reach out to people that, that you know, your friends, your family, your loved ones, have them send you like voicemail style yep. voice notes. And, uh, and Amaze 88 is a homie. He's also, he's actually in the Bay as well. He's a producer and uh, independent hip hop producer. Um, and he, I discovered him through Das Races. He did, he did some collaborations with hmm. Kool AD. Once Kool AD went solo, they were like high school buddies and they did, they did some collaborations and his beats are incredible. I love him. He's a great dude. I've met him in person a couple of times when he toured and, uh, Love that guy. Can't you know? Can't say enough good things about yeah. him. And so I reached out to him, and he and he, I was like, "Hey, man, will you do a voice note for me?" He was like, "Okay, bet." And then he sent me that. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like, he sent the beat too. Right. So yeah, yeah but he, yeah. he sent me the voice message, and I was like, "Dude, what? This is like nah. a, like a like a like he spoke this on the on the precipice of a of a." Yeah, Cliff. on the mountain. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was or- delivering it's it. So the, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it was beautiful. And uh, and so Aaron had the I no, I had the idea of him to make a beat around it, mm-hmm. and he was cool with doing that. And he he sent that beat. And at first we didn't know what to do with it. Honestly, we were like, Well, we got it really late in the process. Yeah, we're we like, I don't really know if there's room left on the record yeah. for something. And um, we just kind of threw it in and his voice note to kind of like listen to everything he'd sent us. 
not really kind of thinking of them as a combined piece, but just trying to like take in the contributions that he'd made and yeah. trying to see what we could do with them. And I think I just like impulsively had the idea of like, okay, well, what if we treat this as like the overture of the record, the, the kind of like announcement of what we're trying to do? Because I felt like he did a really good job of introing the concept in a way that no one else on the record did in a way that really like spoke to the collaborative nature of the record. You know, at this point we were pretty deep into the features list on this record. We knew that a lot of people had helped us make it. He did a really good job of summarizing that aspect of, of this process. I was like, well, what if we treat this as like a set it up? Like people are leaving you these voicemails that are going to be sprinkled throughout the record. Yeah. Have you, leave them a message that is kind of like the setup and then every message that plays after it is you know the response yeah you're saying i need this knowledge and information from you guys and then every message that comes after is what people left you in that messaging yeah. service and we put the filter uh, uh the um, vocal effect is uh, well it, so well, good when we put it on the beat too because the beat was like a fully fleshed out yeah. to be wrapped on beat and we kind of like treated it as like hold music like yeah. something you would hear if you were just waiting on a phone service mm-hmm. shout out to tyler the creator for the idea he did that for the uh promo for the uh call me if you get lost record yeah and when we heard amaze's message over that beat it, it just felt right you know it felt like the intro to the record and i mean again i was like maybe the second to last thing we added to the record yeah, it was wild. very late in the process that's wild it's such a it's the overture i mean you that is the perfect word for it it's great and, and as as you all out there listening to this will learn there are many more of those and it totally solidifies that idea of chosen family like these people reaching out and providing insight i love it i l- absolutely love it those that are creative are unique i mean <sighs> Just yeah, stood out. I, man, that like I, I got chills when I first heard that man. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. this, just the rock because he, he he actually called my phone and like left that, <laughs> and then I just I just saved it off of my phone and I was like, man, he came all the way through. Yeah, I will say you asked me at some point over our Instagram like, hey, send me a voice message. We're mm-hmm. doing this thing. And now that I've heard the record, I'm glad that I failed to deliver <laughs> because there's do nothing that, I could have said do that, that would have been on the level of the messages. They're so good. I would have been like, oh, man, I'm excited to hear your record. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, and my, my nerdy voice wouldn't fit in here. So I'm glad that I failed. But I appreciate the uh, the invite Absolutely. very much. Yeah, I, I knew we were going to have way more than we needed when he asked me. I had that. no idea. I asked Chris to do this, and he told me we had this. Uh, Google Drive where we were kind of collaboratively just dropping stuff as we were making it for the record. And it's like, oh, I created a, a drive link with all these voice memos if you want to check them out. And I was expecting like, you know, if I if I was given this task, I would come back with maybe five or ten people that, you right. know, one of them was my mom. And like, I, it just like, it would not have been uh, a, a dense roster. And I opened up this folder from Chris and there was like 50 or 60 notes oh, in wow. it immediately. And we got more as the process went on. I just, the amount of people that were excited to do this and the the variety of kind of takes and deliveries and tone yeah it it was more than we could ever use it was incredible yeah It, it really allowed us to kind of tell a secondary story throughout the record of kind of how people interact with chris and like the diverse types of people that are in his life and kind of like you know 
explore his family and his interest outside of music and, and like the community that he's in outside of music. It was really, uh, it was cool. It was more than I ever expected when we had the idea. Oh yeah. Well, maybe you'll do like a remix EP of just all of them. (laughs) Dude, I haven't like, they're going to, they're too good not to be used in some capacity. Yeah. It's just fodder for the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into the first track from the record. This is uh, No Throwaways featuring Amber Woodhouse. Twice. My mind moving breakneck speed. I break neck to protect my seed without prejudice. Combat specialist, gold necklace. I cook a hater trying to save their bacon, making breakfast. Folks trying to play my block like it's Tetris. Gonna come to find it's naughty by nature. That shit treacherous. Got me feeling like Tony Stark in the desert shit. Am I gonna suffer my situation or better it? Are they gonna hate on my pigmentation or treasure it? Cause they don't give a fuck about niggas like some confederates. I got much better shit to do with my time. Like this, that, and etc. And improving my rhymes. I don't think they want my foot in their spine. But the sound of my foes pain go good with the wine. They can't pay me for the show. I might do it in kind. Long as I don't see no hating niggas like you in my line. Ah. Alright, buddy, okay. Okay. Take your corny ass and go play. Go on now. Cause you know a nigga don't play. Uh-uh. And you ain't seeing a nigga no way. Nah, 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 nah. This be working like a long day. Talk about it. And I've been working all these long days. Talk about it. This my song, what they all say. Justice album crack front to back. No throwaways. Rolling it up with hemp leaves Only winning in my vision You see what a simp sees Man, please I'm just trying to smoke in peace I be zooted off the gases Just a figure of speech Pin be moving the fastest The words is within my reach I just seek them out and I grasp them And then I put them to beats Voice be getting raspy I need to take me a drink A young OG like Kenobi Could give a fuck what you think I toot my own horn like I'm Coltrane On a soul plane I don't want no part of it, nigga I want the whole thing Look at a hater like Yo, that's your whole thing Just hoping that you next to a nigga Blowing like propane Play a pros game But you ain't got no game I said I don't want part of it, nigga I want the whole thing There's only room for one nigga On this throne, man That's it No punchline Go on, man Alright, buddy, okay Okay Take your corny ass and go play Go on now Cause you know a nigga don't play Uh-uh And you ain't seeing a nigga no way Nah, 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 nah This beat working like a long day Talk about it And I've been working all these long days Talk about it This my song, what they all say Justice album, crack front to back No throwaways Alright, the first track from the album No throwaways, featuring Amber Woodhouse Gotta say, right off the bat Horns, mm-hmm. saxophone mm-hmm. Huge fan. That was all Amber, man. That's Amber. Yeah, and, that's and our contribution to the track. Aaron is. It made the Amber connection happen, man. I'll, I mean, you you can elaborate on that if you want. Smooth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's just a, a local artist that I've done some work with. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in talking about the six one tribe vision and trying to define what Nashville hip hop sounds like. A lot of conversations that I've had with people are about 
the just like abundance of session musicians that we have in this town and the ability <laughs> you can put your drink down <laughs> and the ability of microphones the, the uh, <laughs> ability to you know really add any texture that you want to yeah. a song I, I went to belmont i have a, a really deep kind of rolodex of people that i know that I, the whole track, actually. I have two college friends that did the upright bass and piano on this, too, mm-hmm. um, that were kind of the core. And then we brought Amber in at the end to do the sax on it. This, Yeah, because this was the one that you actually primarily produced because it was a lot of the loops and, and stuff from the live musicians you had come in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then, Corey uh, did the drums that yeah, come in on verse two. Did the drums, mm-hmm. and then Amber did the horns. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I mean, the the hook is amazing, and yes. just like the, what a way to start the record, you know? Just like yeah. no throwaways, no throwaways. The thesis statement, and like I was saying on the while it was playing, <laughs> Aaron Aaron actually co-wrote that hook because I had about I had about seventy five percent of that hook already. You had the first four lines and yeah. you just repeated them, and I was like, yeah. "Well, what if we make it a, a full hook and instead of repeating it, we just come up with four like, more?" Yeah, and, and so I, I think I wrote like two or three two of the and following, then, and yeah. you wrote the last, the real like bring that's home it. line, correct? Because um, that's what sealed it for me. The no throwaways ending of that yeah. and the flow switch up when the beat drops out uh-huh. is what really like set that hook over the top for me and that was all you nice but yeah we uh we were talking about while the song was playing we had done a song like the day or the week before that comes way later in the record and in our mind we're like okay well that is good enough that maybe that's the last song on the record so if we're gonna book into there what if the next thing we approach is the first song on the record and we had that Sauce Walker Ghetto Gospels reference track. So I brought some friends in to just lay down a piano and upright bass loop. And conceptually, that was going to be the whole beat. Mm. But as we started laying it down and it had these additional sections, it had a chorus part, we kind of yeah. built it out into more than that. We felt like that first song we recorded, George Jefferson Strut, really made like a statement, a really strong, yeah. definitive hook and statement about what this record was going to be and we wanted to do the same thing with the intro so that everything that came between those two moments we felt needed to measure up yeah um so we were i i would say super intentional about getting this chorus right i mean we really like spent a long time making sure that this made the statement we wanted it to make for the first song yes and and we'll get to it more when we get to George Jefferson Strutt later in the album. But that was that kind of became the the measuring stick for the album because that was the first song we did. Okay, and we said, "Hey, George Jefferson Strutt's the first song that you did for the whole record." Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it. I know it's a long way away, but yeah, we'll I mean, tell it was the story of that when we get there. But yeah, so that was like it was it was. Um, but I was like, "Yeesh!" Is how we felt. We're like, yeah. man, if this is the first thing we do, we can really make a great record yeah. if we yeah. make sure we make a great yeah. record. Yeah. Everything has to be as good as this or better. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And, I, and, I think, and I think so the mono just became no throwaways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Lyrically, is this the first video game reference of many? Tetris is thrown out here. Tetris. That's it. Yeah. That's so got to be. Yeah. One of many. And then Tony Stark in the desert, you mentioned that, which I actually find that to be. Tony Stark in the desert is a desolate sort of situation, yeah, but yeah. that's what makes him Iron Man. Yeah. It's like being out in the desert. No, Very nerdy reference, but look, you know. it's a nerdy reference, but that's one of the favorite, my favorite lines I've ever written. Me too, man. It's like, uh, it strike. Uh, it really struck. Am I going to suffer my it. situation or better? It? Or bet like, am I going to? Yeah. And he said, "Look, like uh, when they was working on the Ironmonger, and dude was like, uh, Tony Stark made this shit in a cave with some yep. scraps, and he said, "Look, bro, I'm not Tony Stark." <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was like it was that you know yeah. what i mean yeah uh also other lyrics that i pulled out obi like kenobi i just that yeah. just rolls around in my yeah. head and take your corny ass and go play yeah Big that fan. was uh that was something i heard a lot in my family growing up then y'all go play bro go play like <laughs> like this is grown folks trying to talk like yeah y'all doing too oh, much yeah. go play go outside i got that all play. the time yeah <laughs> go outside yeah. all right we ready to listen to the third track here gassed mm-hmm. featuring phase of the major players yes sir all right here we go gassed hey what's going on major players in the building it's your boy face i listen i listen blood man is super super hype for the chosen family album man's hype hype out here bro because i know it's absolutely going to be mental bear bangers yeah banger after banger after b- b- banger you get what i'm saying you get me i listen bro i listen choose your family wisely they always say blood is thicker than water but that is not always the case. You get me? Keep the ones closest to you close. Cherish them. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, boy, it's your boy face. Can't wait for the album. I'm gassed. Oh, God, G. Amazing. That was gassed featuring face of the major players. I was confused that it was face or phase because he's majorly British. Yeah, he's major. Ma- he's, he's British. That's my dude, though. So the major players are... They're from the UK. They're YouTubers, YouTubers of color, which I think is a beautiful thing. But they also, their content is gaming. They do content for all of the genres of games that I love. And so it's like it's like this this kinship, this kindred spirit with these people like on the other yeah. side of the world, you know? And so and face and he and whenever he hears the podcast, he can he can, you know, correct me if, if I'm misinterpreting this, but I think he's face because he's the primary face of the major players. When you see their YouTube content, it's usually face. Mm-hmm. There's other guys that are involved, but I think they kinda are more behind the scenes and so uh you know they're doing all this content and stuff for action games and things that i love and i just i don't know i love their slang i love their energy yeah and so i i reached out to them and i'm part of their community you know and so i reached out to him i said bro would you do a voice note for the album and he was down with it yeah and that was the result i, I, I gave him i gave everyone the same prompt for their voice note and and that's what's cool about the responses that we got because i gave it i told everyone the same thing i had this whole little spiel that i, t- I had it copied and pasted you know what i'm yeah. saying like i was like so the name of the album is chosen family and you know what i'm saying yeah. like and for him I, I gave him some extra instruction i said you know i would love to hear some of your slang bro i love to hear y'all kick slang <laughs> like you know drop a couple mentos in there you know what i'm saying like and he and he came through and delivered man so i loved that one man i loved it well, and just the message too that you do, you can choose your family, exactly. and that that blood is not always thicker than water. I think that is ve- very poignant for sure. They say blood is thicker than water. That's not always true, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite notes we got. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great one. All right, well, let's jump into the next one: uh, "Spiritual Pressure" featuring Rio Tokyo and Black Whistle. Here we go. i 
fucking gifted, slightly materialistic But I throw this shit away if it interfere with my spirit Hanging on to these lyrics, hoping it take me further than working for other niggas I'll bet on me in the instant and no one will ever get it My passion overstaffed and I aim it with great intention I'm sure this shit is gonna hit you, using every size brush, painting the perfect picture Only writing what I live by, for me that shit is scripture you give me, I promise I'm gonna kill it So when it actually happens, just tell them it's premonition Forgiveness, ask for that cause I'm willing to take it back And do it better than I did, even when I did my best Like a tattoo on my torso, I'ma say it with my chest I've been sunning a lot of niggas, postpartum gonna be my death I got people to protect, not a killer but don't test You'll get every answer wrong, get flunked, slumped on the desk, nigga They say they wanna smoke, but they don't even know I'm really OG But I'ma let them find out the hard way I'm really OP I'm a gangster, move quick and evasive My product in placement, no one gon' erase me I'm a gangster, move quick and evasive My product in placement, no one gon' erase me Yeah I apply pressure properly Won't stop until my niggas get some equity Some property Niggas is cocky Cause if we do this shit modestly You and your little posse be addressing us improperly Been all this time and they behavior still astonish me Don't do this as a hobby Got a passion for making harmonies Speaking of astonishing You know what else astonished me? You lame niggas think you got a chance of stopping me Make no mistake, I'm a grown man And I got the cheat code Then I got with the program And oh man On all my mistakes, yeah. dude, everybody pointing fingers, I blame you Cause if a nigga wanna get to some commas, to some decimals Nigga can't be good, nigga gotta be exceptional Testing my patience, they better not test my testicles Cause all I got is my balls and my word, uh They say they wanna smoke, but they don't even know I'm really OG But I'ma let them find out the hard way I'm really OP I'm a gangster, move quick and evasive My product in placement, no one gon' embrace me I'm a gangster, move quick and evasive My product in placement, no one gon' embrace me Hey Chris, man, this is Jacob. Now I'm in town. Hit me up whenever you get this. I know you're probably at work. One. Perfect. That was Spiritual Pressure featuring Rio, Tokyo, and Black Whistle. Wildly different stylistically than No Throwaways. I'm mm. curious if that was an intentional decision, just to like set the tone of the record th- of expectations. I think it was, yeah, because I think. I think as soon as you heard that beat, Aaron, you were like, I want this to come behind. Or like, you know, once we got No Throwaways established, mm-hmm. it's like we wanted to come behind that with like really big energy. Well, yeah. So going back to kind of like the blueprint archetype, No Throwaways was based on that Sauce Walker song, which was going to always be its own kind of standalone moment. There was no other beat that we picked for inspiration that was anything like that. And so tonally, we knew we weren't trying to stay in the same realm. And so we wanted to kind of seal the the premise of No Throwaways with just like an undeniable statement of like, this is the quality of what we're bringing, you know? Yeah. We're, we're going to make a statement as bold as there's no throwaways on this record. You have to follow that up with a song where they're like, well, if they're all like this, then yeah, they're right. There are no throwaways on this record. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
Yeah, this is one that this was a beat that Corey had before we even started this record. Yeah, this was he like was sitting on this one. He he had it for years, and he sent it to us, and it was one that we both heard, and we're like, I don't know what that's going to be, but it's going to be on the record. Yeah, and what's crazy about that beat is I initially had like really bad writer's block to it, so it's like we both knew we all knew we wanted it on the albums. Like we we we're not leaving that beat. You know, <laughs> it's we're too not, good. Yeah, we're, it's yeah. too good not to put that on there. And so Aaron was like, okay, let me see if any of the guys want to take a stab at it, like at the from the tribe. Yeah. And he kind of heard, he kind of heard Ace on it. Rio. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? Or Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bro, we, we, we all in here calling, we're, we're such good <laughs> friends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> calling each other. Yeah, yeah. But Rio actually brought that song to life and was able to get me where I needed to be to, to perform on that song because he, he actually emailed me and Aaron. His, he was like, I got I got a verse and I got an idea for a hook. And he emailed me his verse and I'm trying to read it. Like, Just like text to, block. Yeah, right. Yeah. As a block of text. I'm trying to read it to the beat to kind of get an idea yeah. of what he's trying to do. I couldn't quite do it, but I know how Rio raps. It's like, it, that's not for me to understand right now. Like I just need to focus on the content. <laughs> like, and so I was like, okay, okay, this is the right type of energy. So we had we had Rio come out to the studio, and so he was there waiting on me. I'm I come there, I get there, and and you know we sit down. We're like, okay, what's the plan for today? And I, as, that was me saying that. And and Rio was like, bro, this is your shit. Like, what you trying to do? I was like, I was like, oh yeah, this is my album. <laughs> like you know, like. <laughs> And so he had all that stuff ready, and I actually finished writing my verse that day. Like, I was like, because I was still, like, up until the moment we were recording the song, I was having writer's block. <laughs> and so um, while Ace was doing his parts, I went into another soundproof booth and, and just played the beat and finished my verse. <laughs> and once I came out and heard what Ace did, I was ready to get in there, man. I was ready to get in there and get after it. And so that was one that we laid down, but I believe I actually even came back and redid that one, if I remember correctly. I, I, I think, think so. I, I think I came back and redid that verse like later in the process because what what was happening was my confidence in my vocal performance was improving as we were doing sure. the album. Oh, yeah. Sure. So stuff that we did early on, we came back and like touched up. And, yeah. And like I, I redid whole verses like just because. I felt so much more right. confident in my voice. Well, that's not abnormal, though. I mean, bands do that all the time where they like write songs and then they go tour for a year. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, the version that we formed this into while we were on the road is way better than what we did yeah. in the studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, and there's a certain amount of like on these collaborative songs. I first saw it when we did Resplendent because you and Slab both did this mm -hmm. in these songs where there's multiple guys on it. Whoever goes first, a lot of times once they hear like the finished product, we're like, oh. I kind of want to go do better. If they're if what they brought is that good, then I want a better version of my idea. Yeah, that that happened on two different songs in Resplendent where Slab wanted to redo one after he heard how good your verse was, and you wanted to redo one after you heard how good his yeah, verse was. That was uh, Mr. Wonderful and Minnesota, respectively, because yeah, yeah. he, he he heard me on Mr. Wonderful and he was like, Nah, nah. And then I heard him on Minnesota, and I was like, Nah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, it was really just one of those that, the, like you said, we pieced the whole thing together in the studio largely around kind of following ace's lead and then once chris had some time to live with it he's like i gotta deliver you know the yeah. the, the quality that rio brought to the verse and then the hook which all, he almost didn't even lay down like he laid down the verse and then chris did his verse and we were trying to figure out what the hook was gonna be and rio was like well i wrote one i just like i didn't know if it was any good so i wasn't gonna say anything and we're like well why don't you go in the booth and do it and i think the take that's on there is the take that he did like, like the first most of the time he's only in the booth once or twice for yeah. the stuff that he does he just is a machine it's a one take um, and uh <laughs> 
he laid that down and we're like, I'm, I'm legitimately mad at you that you were going to leave without yeah. actually letting us hear that. And so a lot of it was kind of after the whole thing got pieced together, Chris kind of realized ways that he could make his verse better, but the content was always there. Mm-hmm. It was just about kind of matching the energy and yeah, making sure it that it like, lived up to. Like the exact same verse. It was literally just the vocal performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, the, the verse about getting equity, your verse... Mm-hmm powerful i mean mm-hmm. it's the fact that you had writer's block does not show i mean it's it's a very powerful uh, like heavy piece so i think it's great yeah uh, yeah it came on through nice job working through that thank you i also think that the young black and gifted and slightly materialistic is a phenomenal line yeah that but i'll throw that shit away if it interferes with my vision yeah he <laughs> it's that, great yeah, man. man that guy is just he's built different yeah that's all I can say. Wonderful stuff. I mean, throughout the whole record, there are just so many incredible lines. We will not point them all out. But not all of them. Yeah. No. All right. Let's go to Work in the Morning featuring Corduroy Clemens. Hey. Snoozing this motherfucker. All right, shit. Okay.
I don't know what your plans are for this song. This one is the one to me that's like, oh, the world will get it with this. Like, this yeah. is like single video material or something, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I never thought of it. I, I had neither. Yeah. I, I love this whole record. The yeah. whole thing's my baby. But, yeah, I mean, this one. Well, it's very th- relatable. This is oh. what that and, like, this is one that came the first. Well, it, it was the one that, it was one of the songs that came the furthest. Like, it had the longest journey. Like, it on, like it actually had a different beat when it was first made. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And it, so, like, it's. Completely yeah. different stylistically, beat-wise. We recorded vocals to that. And then when Clemens came in to do the hook, we changed out the beat with a new beat. That was like a, I think a minor key version of yeah, was the like original beat. So your verse was like almost something. right, but yeah, wasn't right anymore. Quite. Yeah. And so we had this like weird amalgamation of his vocals that did fit over the first beat that didn't fit over the new one. And then Clemens hook. And then we went back and completely redid yours, added yeah, the soundscaping. Like all and the, of my yeah. vocal, like my, like, cause he's just on the hook. So like we redid the entire song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After, after But I mean, isn't that necessary sometimes? Oh, yeah. where yeah. it leads yeah, you? Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 One of the things that I love about this is the wild vocal effects on that top sample. Just like, I don't know what's happening there, but I love it. It's great. What is it? That's just Corey. That's how that's how yeah. I got the beat. That's he his, just yeah. pitched up. I don't even know what the original sample was. No. When I received it, it was already pitched up and, and kind of warped into the version that it is now. Interesting. Um, but, I mean, we felt the same way, you know, talking about replacing the beat. We liked the kind of lyrical content of those verses that Chris had started, but we didn't feel like the, the first beat was really kind of like synthy and, and, and kind of like washy, mm-hmm. and, and it didn't have like the energy like, that we were yeah. after. Uh, it was just, it was like a very chill beat, and we wanted something a little uh, grittier, and Corey sent us this, and I mean, same thing, we heard that sample, we're like, yep, I yeah. mean, and I that's think, gotta be on there. I think all you did to it was just make them drums a little crunchier, if, mm-hmm. I, if I, I... I did very little to the sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, but I make a point to note that, because... I could tell a difference in those drums just for the just from the little bit that you did. So I mean, it was like it really elevated the song for me. Like the mm-hmm. the, the drums coming through as hard as they do. It shows for sure. It's definitely another example of the record sort of shifting as it is here at the top into different styles and kind of establishing itself. Like you you don't really know what to expect from this record. Mm. It's you're you're continuing to give different variety throughout the beginning here, and it's uh it's it's nice. Like we're still continuing to introduce like the concept of the record you know i said it earlier i think work in the morning is super relatable and i think it's you know i love the the interlude in this one like it's legitimately entertaining i think that was the first kind of transitiony element we added to the record like this like cinematic Um, type type thing you know like uh, we we do a lot of this in the six one tribe stuff especially in that first ep i am kind of like softly coining the term foley rap for it of this (laughs) idea of just kind of like treating it like a movie where you intersperse these very like cinematic moments that that kind of like don't feel musical but don't pull you out of the song either right yeah we did it in the uh i might song on that first six one tribe ep where uh, the the chorus just sounds like the cops are busting down the door in like a a trap house i it's just like their dogs barking and guns cocking and like a it, it was this very densely layered song. It was a really cool effect and, and something that I felt was like was unique to what we were doing. And so 
when Chris had these uh, verses, the first verse, I think, was maybe four bars or eight bars longer than the second verse was. And I was like, well, what can we do without... To glue them together. Well, to, to make them feel like the same length without necessarily adding more content to the second verse. Because I didn't feel like it necessarily needed, needed to say anything yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't want it to feel shorter. Mm-hmm. And so I, we kind of just experimented with this idea of like in the middle of the song, the guy's alarm goes off. Yeah. And he has to like wake up and he's like, I'm back at it again. Mm-hmm. Kind of like hearkening back to the hook of No Throwaways 2 that I've been working all these long days. Yep. It's just oh, yeah. kind of like building a theme of the life of a Nashville rapper, you know, there's a, a lot of, I've got this day job that I maintain in order to allow me to pursue my passions. Um, yeah, that's it. No, that's exactly, <laughs> that is exactly what I wrote is. this down. So I'm so happy to hear that my theory was right on the song. Let me hear your theory. Is this about hustle culture? Music as a side gig? Man, is it? <laughs> I was very deliberate saying, yeah, I don't think the, what I got to was hard between but. the hours of eight to five. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Because after that, I'm doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I wanted it to be relatable like that. Like, I think about these sessions we have, and the next day, we'll, like, we have these big set. Like, man, we had 20 people in this, too. We had Amir Blade was there, Slab, Ace, Rio, all these people, all these, like, incredibly talented, amazing people were there. And then it's like, I get up the next morning and clock into my regular ass sure. job. You know uh, yeah, I mean? I mean, the number of times so. I get messages from you and, like, Clemens and guys who are like, man, coming in and doing a day like that at the studio and then coming back and trying to sell cars or to sit here mm-hmm. and, you know, troubleshoot IT exactly. just makes me feel like... I'm not supposed to be here. (laughs) Like, you know, that I just lived my life and now I'm like stepping back into something else. And and like that escapism is like really what we kind of pride ourselves in at the studio. It's really the goal of what we do at Eastside Manor is to give people a space where, you know, we're right over by Mitchell's Deli. We're in the heart of East Nashville, but we want you to feel like you're in a different world. Like where you're in a world where you can just focus on your art and make something that is um, really intentional and really kind of like refined. I think that's the goal of kind of anybody that's making music. I mean, I think Eastside Manor is doing it exceptionally well, but this idea of like, I'm sort of trapped in this, this day job gig, but I'm really supposed to be doing this other Mm. thing. I I feel that I do not want to hear me rap ever, but I mean, (laughs) like I totally feel that, that sentiment a lot. And it's, great i mean i think that's what makes this song as i said relatable because i think everyone can kind of grasp that a little bit and i think it's a defining thing of nashville you know as someone that like moved away for a couple years the absence of hustle culture in a new place was like really hard for me to wrap my mind around you know i had never been around so many people that just like worked their job and loved that and you know yeah uh, it wasn't exactly what they wanted to do but it paid the bills and they were happy and like my brain just doesn't work like that i lived in nashville long enough that like my brain thinks in these huge aspirations Mm -hmm. and the thing that i like about nashville is everybody else's does too you know you're surrounded by dreamers and by people that are willing to work two jobs to pay the bills and to actually do what they want yeah um they'd rather do that than you know, have a hobby, <laughs> sleep, or just not do it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't, I can't do this thing. I aspire to do X thing, but yeah. I, I can't do it because I'm 
yeah, locked yeah, into yeah. my day job. But I, it's a very encouraging city. I think. I think the hustle culture here is such that you see so many people doing it that um, it kind of subliminally keeps you motivated. Mm. You know, there, there's a lot of motivation that I get just from seeing how many other people are, are working as hard as I am. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's listen to the next track here. Justice the Abstract featuring H.B. Mandela. Hey, Negro Justice. <laughs> Negronius, Justonius, my brother. What's good? Ain't no just us. Just us. Anyway, look, man. Sorry, I, I, I'm gonna call later because I need to get you on the horn, my brother. Thinking on my younger days. That shit was weird, Joe. They tried to make us look up to the white superheroes. J. Cole, no role models for little Negroes. Now they lining up on the block like they shooting free throws. I wrote some lines that ain't rhyme, but it was neat prose. If I even glance at a pen, lyrics, I bleed those. Beats composed by vibes, nigga, I need those. A nigga like me at the top. How the heat go, shit rise like the cream of the crop. Look out below. We bought this bitch off the lot. What up, Bino? It's nothing in this world I wouldn't do for my people. What we doing concerning you, so quit looking through the people. Press the digitation, bringing magic to the situation. Like Irvin Johnson and Mikey giving a presentation. Got a special mind, I specialize in breaking limitations. I taught myself patience, cause I hate waiting. Sucking still on bright ideas, I'm making innovations. I'm on original shit, they on some recreations. Now it should be clear, I don't do this shit for the recreation. Weak minds complacent, no time for hesitation. A nigga strike when the iron's hot, it require thought. Drexler with the glide, watch me slide across the firewall. What's the scenario? scenario? They checking vibes and stuff, everything is fine. I mean, fair, check the rhyming, bruh. Sell out the rhyming, bruh. Whole tribe climbing up, you know we keep it rolling. Never folding, never have enough. What's the scenario? They checking vibes and stuff, everything is fine. I mean, fair, check the rhyming, bruh. Sell out the rhyming, bruh. Whole tribe climbing up, you know we keep it rolling. Never folding, never have enough. Had to turn off Deja McBride so I could write my rhymes She was doing pump fake on the IG live Niggas playing live instruments on either side And if you seen what I seen, nigga, you felt a vibe Harmony's incredible, the acoustics were sounding right Ain't nothing peeking but the sun sneaking through the blinds Look at the backs of whack, nigga, gotta go behind This shit be like an M. Night flick, nigga, I know the signs Text my cuz, got some cooking to do Finna hire me an agent, got some booking to do if you look me in my eye, you know you facing the truth. And my shit gon' clean your palate if you drank in the cool. Age, you ain't the only one they play for a fool. Take a seat in the thinking chair, I'ma give you a clue. The idea is to have a bunch of people hating on you. And the sky's the only limit to what I think I can do. Uh, what's the scenario? scenario? They checking vibes and checking stuff, vibes everything is fine. I mean, fair, check the rhyming, bro. Sell out the rhyming, bro. Whole tribe climbing up, you know we keep it rolling, never folding, never have enough. What's the scenario? They checking vibes and stuff, everything is fine. I mean, fair, check the rhyming, bro. Sell out the rhyming, bro. Whole tribe climbing up, you know we keep it rolling, never folding, never have enough. If we work together, we can fix it. V is for vendetta and the L's for you to listen. Justice and Mandela ain't just brothers cause we misfits, there's some other shit you missing. Yeah, Tribe shit, do or die shit If they knew we had the juice, it would consume our lives quick All the fucking pain that you always roll the dice with Still the nicest, chosen family, I really like this Double the price for the dumb rich white kids Never felt right cause I'm really not like this See in my eyes that I might be a flight risk Only getting freaky when the lights dim Lit like a tiki in the islands No time for a side bitch 
keep it in the veil like Dyson. Moving through the shadows with the silence. So keep that shit in mind next time you spend the night and What's the scenario? They checking vibes and stuff, everything is fine. I mean, fair, check the rhyming, bro. Sell out the rhyming, bro. Whole tribe climbing up, you know we keep it rolling, never folding, never have enough. What's the scenario? They checking vibes and stuff, everything is fine. I mean, fair, check the rhyming, bro. Sell out the rhyming, bro. Whole tribe climbing up, you know we keep it rolling, never folding, never have enough. All right, that was Justice the Abstract featuring H.B. Mandela. This is the first track of the album to me that feels a bit more contemplative and intentionally slowed down. I mean, obviously, tempo-wise, that's Mm -hmm. clear, but lyrically, too, as well. I think, like, thinking on my younger days, he tried to make us look up to white superheroes, like... Very poignant, very uh, introspective, and and very personal. Not boastful yeah. at all. Just like, how about this? Like, very reflective yeah. on the world. I never, I never had that thought until I wrote that line. But well, it was like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, uh, I was like, oh damn. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, a, oh shit. A uh, moment for me, but nah, it was. Uh... Now I was just gonna say it's like a white privilege thing. Like, oh, Superman. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves Superman. Even though he's very boring, but you know. But he's nah, just a Superman's white guy. Superman's a bum, dude. I don't like <laughs> Superman. I never li- actually no. I did. I did like him when I was a young kid. All little kids like. But like when I got to learn the thing, and then I read The Dark Knight Returns, I was like, Nah, this dude got a slide. He probably would have voted for Trump, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do not. I never got into like leader characters or like the 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 super good like the Boy Scout characters. Yeah. Man, like I find the other the other characters more interesting. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just white superheroes in general. I yeah. mean, there aren't a lot of people of color that are yeah. superheroes, particularly for when we were growing up. Exactly. There's like a handful, yeah. maybe, yeah. but it's not not enough. Yeah, it was like it was like Bishop from X Men and Black Panther, I guess. <laughs> like at that time, Storm a little bit. Storm, yeah, yeah. Storm, 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 Storm. I love the shout out to Daisha McBride. Yes, that's yeah, great. Uh, that's and- a, that's inspired by a real moment. I was literally sitting at my desk working, and I took a second and got on Instagram, and I saw she was on live, and I got on, and she was doing Pump Fake, and it was exactly as I describe it in the song. I was like, <laughs> I see, she had her producers. I think it's Sci Fi, and I forget who the other guy is, but uh, on either side of her playing the instruments she was doing it the sun was coming into the room it was you know and i was like damn i gotta get back to work you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. You know, i gotta get what's so. crazy is i didn't see that live and i've heard this verse how many times i feel like i have yeah it, it just like that verse to me is so it paints such a vivid picture yeah uh, of kind of that moment i kind of like i was in the songwriting department at belmont it reminds me of like classic like paul simon just like in the moment looking around and writing about the world around you, you. See, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean it just like really like kind of put me there yeah man i always love that yeah, verse yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shout out to hb mandela too you did a great yeah. person this. absolutely yeah. anything else like lyrically do you want to talk about how this came to be or how the beat came from or uh, it was another just vibes beat that's going to be a, <laughs> a running theme, theme. <laughs> most of the record this, yeah talk because uh, he is just a machine that makes beats like it's like it's nothing like I've sat and watched him make beats from nothing 
I've sat, I've looked over his shoulder and he like showed me a sample he was doing he was looking at on YouTube and then I look away and look back and he's got the sample in in FL Studio and he's done some shit to it and it, you know what I'm saying yeah yeah he just he's just like I said about Rio like built different man and so he already had that beat already fully formed mm-hmm. that's gonna be another recurring thing well and it had that little scratch in it that says yeah, abstract in it the abstract and which is where it gets the name from yes yes and so if you're a Q-tip or Tribe Called Quest fan really lean into that hook lean into that hook for some for some reference you'll catch some some real good easter eggs there that was another one that was actually you you wrote most of that hook i think aaron i I think i want to give you i think i want to say you wrote most of that one good good buddy uh i did but i can't i can't take credit for it without giving credit to um clemens because we just had a six one tribe session. Yeah, the I'm, I'm gonna spoil something here. Yeah. yeah, we have a song that no one's heard yet. Uh, it's gonna be on the six one tribe record called "Cruising with D'Angelo," and the way it came about is it was another just vibes beat. It was incredible, and uh, he named the beat D'Angelo. And Corduroy Clemens was like, "I have a hook for this one." He came in and he just had strung together all of these D'Angelo song titles into this wow. amazing catchy hook. Angel Adams saying background vocals on with my lady getting higher. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. the first line of the hook. Like. <laughs> and and I, it worked so well that when we sat down, we had the verses for this song and we had the name. We knew we were going to name it Justice the Abstract and we had the verses. I was like, well, what if we just do what Dot just did mm-hmm. and take a bunch of Tribe Called Quest songs titles, string them together and make a hook out of it. I thought a lot about Calcutta had been on a big Aspirations kick. Yes. And so, oh, you man. know, the, the we'll line about, about the Aspirations. Yeah, man, the line about you know, selling out the Ryman and, yes. and the whole yeah. tribe climbing up is kind of coming from that. Yes. I, I really like, I, I wrote it but I, I didn't, you know, I wrote it yeah. because our friends are he was a vessel yeah yeah i was a vessel, a vessel for them yeah, um yeah. but yeah man it, it was cool it was just a stringing together a bunch of tribe called quest songs yep. and, and trying to really speak into existence kind of what what we see as kind of the future tip is also one of my inspirations man and tribe i actually didn't get into tribe until i was an adult oddly enough but i was always a fan of q-tip as a solo artist mm-hmm. and producer and so that was like my little homage to him. Yeah. And and because he he called himself Kamal the Abstract for a little bit, and he still references himself as like the Abstract. And yeah. And mm-hmm. so that was like my little I love you tip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no man. All right, let's uh, go right into Room Full of Elephants. Ooh. Chris, I'm dumb excited for this album. I really need this shit. Other songs, let's say, ain't doing it for me. I need new energy. So. I- you know what I'm gonna need you to do? Just, uh, just send me the email with the whole album right now, and you know I- I'm happy. We good, you know? Uh, let's go. Let's go. I break the beat down to its core elements I'm relevant, the only presence you felt In a room full of elephants I maneuver through rhyme patterns with elegance A lot of niggas think that they can keep pace But lack intelligence So so don't be worried how my black ass is moving Be more concerned with what your whack ass is doing The only thing the boy just is doing and proving The only thing you lames doing is losing The hills are alive I'm Julie Andrews with the harmony I heard the sound of your music and audibly it was odd to me I told these niggas they fucking with an anomaly Innocent as a kid telling niggas they not the boss of me Uh Uh-huh, and I do it totally awesomely You probably can't understand what I'm saying, man Do you copy me? 
Well, yeah, you copy me. Y'all be Xeroxing me. That's cause you niggas lame, so I guess that's what you oughta be. Doing with your time. Your shit ain't stimulating. Nothing moving in my mind. I've been doing it just fine. I'm seeing what you doing, but our views do not align. I got that shit that make you think while you moving your behind. Uh. And hungry niggas love seeing a clean plate Be ready to run a hater a clean fade And Calcutta got a gig working stages for Green Day Asked for a beat, he said most deaf like you seen Bay. Yo, MJ, it's Calcutta, man, give me a call back I got another one for your album, hit me Ooh, and the beat got me mean face So let me say, let me say I know some ways to stay relevant In rooms full of elephants, I'm Feeling benevolent, my realness is evident. The illest nigga alive, I'm feeling like the president. Establishing a precedent, the top of his regiment. This shit cool to me, it's got a nigga in his element. Cause this ain't some average shit, this some savage shit. You wouldn't know, cause whack niggas don't know the half of it. Fuck shaking my hand, I'd rather show you the back of it. Anybody put my name in the mud and started dragging it. I'm sliding out that bitch so extravagant. With my trousers full of so much bread, nigga be sagging shit. Uh, I'm Murray's grease, I made a wave. I could really give a fuck what a hater say. I spit the Joey crack to make him lean back like a fadeaway. I go upside your head, you catch the fade, and then you fade away. They gentrifying my city while they looking for a place to stay. They talk tough on the internet, but they quiet when you face to face. The truth is a bitter dose. I know you hate the taste. They kept us silent for centuries, so yeah, we got some shit to say. If hip-hop is a game, then yeah, we finna get to play. I'm building an empire, and I'm holding another brick to lay. Lame niggas sent away. Weak niggas start to pray, and you would start to get tired if I told you just what I did today. Uh, I'm in round the way, moving. Uh, other side of the city, I woke up, I said, what's good with it? Yo, man, the Black Gatsby, Negro Justice, what's up, man? It's Vadzell. How you doing down there in Nashville? I hear the album's coming along great. I can't wait to hear it, man. But yo, when you coming up, man? I know it's been tricky with the pandemic and all that kind of crazy stuff going on. But come on, man. We got to get you some of that good lobster and stuff, that don't air meat and everything. Got to show you how we winding down up here in Nova Scotia. <laughs> you feel me? All right. That's a room full of elephants. Who's who's the intro outro there? So so he'll have heard it, but by the time this, so this is not because I didn't want him to know until he hears it. <laughs> this is a good friend of mine. His name is Gabe, and he's one of my buddies that I met through competitive gaming. Yeah, uh, he, he's one of my Tekken homies. He sent me like five voice notes. Aaron put that one on the beginning of Room Full of Elephants, and I I don't know what it is. I love his voice, and I love how his that message sounds with the beat coming in behind it. Yeah. So it starts off, it's just him, you know, and then the beat comes in and he's still talking. I don't know what it it's like it's like I was saying, like one of those moments. It's just I don't know what it is about hearing that beat come in behind my friend's voice, but I love it. Yeah. And so yeah, that was just one of like the five voice notes that he left. And um so I want his like raw reaction to it, you know? <laughs> like that's why I haven't told him because like he's one of the people that I call him my A and R. Like I send him stuff. I'm like, bro, what do you think about this? Because he's a he's a he's a big hip hop head. Yeah, he's he loves games, hip hop, and food. And I'm like, me too, bro. We're best <laughs> friends man. now. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like we're like we're we're, we're best friends now. So he has a really good ear and he gives good feedback. So I call him my A and R. I'm like, bro, check this out. What do you think about this? And I very deliberately did not send him this song. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm hoping he hears it before he hears his podcast, so he hears it and gets his raw reaction. 
I invited him, but he may have family in town. That's why mm-hmm. I sent him the album already, but he's like, he actually was like, I don't know if I want to hear it yet, bro. Like, I kind of want to like experience it with you and stuff. And I'm like, man, if you don't take this motherfucking album, bro, like, <laughs> if you don't take this motherfucking album, bro, you're you're a good friend, bro. Goddamn it. Well, and, and going back to just like the feeling of going through all those notes, you know, it, it felt it meant a lot to me secondhand to see how many people yeah. responded to you know Chris's request to do this thing and to see the ways that they responded and to see someone who went out of their way to be like man, I don't really know what you want for this, but I'm going to give you as many ideas as I can come up with. I really wanted to be sure to include Gabe in this mm-hmm. because he had gone out of his way to try so many different ideas of how to approach the prompt. Yeah, man, I, I love how it feels. And then uh, who's the who's the Nova Scotia? Nova Scotia. So that's the homie Vidal Gabriel. He is from Halifax, Nova Scotia. But he's uh and uh, man, I'm a, I'm a keep me honest, Videl. I'm pretty sure I got this, but I believe he's of Jamaican descent. Mm-hmm. His family is of Jamaican descent, and they li- and they migrated to Nova Scotia. But that's him. He so I actually know him through. I am, <laughs> bruh. I'm really y'all gonna really get to know me today, bro. I'm a nerd. I'm a real nerd with this shit. I am a moderator on the Streets of Rage 4 Discord. So Streets of Rage 4, one of the greatest beat-em-ups of all time. I am a moderator for the Streets of Rage 4 Discord. And so he is one of the other moderators, and he also does does music. He also does music. Nice. He makes beats, and he calls his shit Nerd Jack Swing. <laughs> and I think that shit is the tightest shit. And we That's actually, incredible. We actually did a song together. He, uh, We've actually done a couple songs together. We did a song called The Art of Storytelling, and it was a single for him. And I also put it on the first stimulus. Right. Um, that's, that's a throwback. But uh, And then we also did a remix of the song I wrote called As I Wanna Be that is off of my very first EP called the Negro Justice EP. And it was actually produced by Amaze88. Hey. Uh, and, Back to and, the top. Yeah, man. And so he wanted to do a remix of that. And he did it. And he rapped on it. And it was cool, man. And he's just the homie. So like, what I loved about his voice note is it sounded so like nostalgic like 90s like bad boy like <laughs> skit type because the hip-hop skit to me became kind of a lost art oh, and yeah. like it became when he did that it brought me back to that time mm-hmm. of like interludes voice messages jada kiss doing like jay jerkin like hey yo jay jerkin niggas what's up bro like uh yeah i got you gonna fly coach it's 25 dollars anywhere you want to go like you know what i mean like and so it brought me back to those those times yeah. that i loved and so another one he came through on the voice note man like i loved mm-hmm. it yeah well what about the actual track you were saying uh-huh. this track has been around for a minute so the, the yeah the verses the verses are like three four years old i actually did them like i remember sitting in our friend's apartment and doing them acapella for them like uh we have friends of ours that own a um a literary press april gloaming oh yeah I saw them at a, a like a fair thing over here in Wedgwood, Houston this yeah, weekend. Those are, that's my homies, man. Nice. Um, uh, it's a husband and wife. They run that literary press, and uh, we'll get to C.I. Aki. He, he's a spoken word poet. That he's he's actually the poetry editor for them. I was in their apartment doing those verses because it was inspired by by them. Uh, April gloaming and like the the moon phases and shit. Like I had this verse written like inspired by all that, and so here we are, like four years later. And what I did was just basically like broke those apart because I had the the room full of elephants line. And so I just kind of made that the theme of the song. And so what ha- how we put it together was Just Vibes sent me the the beat. The beat that's on the first verse is a Just Vibes beat. And 
I said, I want to do a beat switch on this. Yeah. And so the second verse is a Calcutta beat. But what I did was I had vibes send Calcutta the BPMs, the key, the samples, mm-hmm. everything, and the stems. So mm-hmm. he could he could build a beat using the exact same nice. tools, but it would be his interpretation yeah, of, that, yeah. of that beat. And so uh, that's why you have his voice note, the Calcutta voice note, doing the transition between yeah. the two beats. Yeah. And then his beat comes in, and I fucking love what he did with his with his interpretation of that beat for sure oh my god yeah it recontextualizes the song in a big way oh like, my and with the fucking birds in the background like yeah. that, that element is fucking crazy <laughs> and so uh and so calcutta sent me that i was like nah bruh you didn't do that bruh and so went ahead and laid that down because originally we didn't have the voice note in there and we just had me going, you know, what was the line? Um, and the beat got me mean face. We just had to go right into that transition. And it was Aaron's idea to put Calcutta's voice note in there to tee that up. And I think it was the right idea to, to, yeah. to kind of pause between those two and then still keep that, that same idea coming. Like you come back with that same melody, that same sample. And it's just this big booming beat, and it was like I called it like my Dipset, my Dipset shit. Like if you like, go listen to Dipset Anthem and listen to Room Full of Elephants. Like it wasn't on that Blueprint playlist, but it's that type of energy. Yeah, like for sure. Aaron, any notes for this track? Not really, man. I I love it. <laughs> I, I you know it's one of those that there's no hook in it, and it's still super memorable to me. It, it still says a lot. Yep. It's yeah. another one that came a long way too. Like, like I'll say, I'll say yeah, yeah. there are a few songs on here that like really, really evolved. There, there were ones that I think we felt we always had that standard of we didn't want anything to feel like a throwaway, so we never were that ambivalent about anything. But we felt like we kind of knew where the highlights of the records were, and then this is one is like it progressed further and further in the process. We're like this one's like etching up like yeah. the mm-hmm. the leaderboard for kind of how we feel about the songs individually, and you know that Calcutta transition kind of came about for me because of like a later transition from that we'll get to going from cherry limeade into or uh from yeah into cherry limeade um the just kind of like the feeling of that was something that i was trying to like push into Mm. this beat switch so that it was a little more apparent what was happening because you call out cal right before his Mm -hmm. voice note yes and it just kind of like teed up that this is the beat that he's talking about in that Mm -hmm. voicemail yep yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) great great moment on the record yeah for sure absolutely love that let's just jump into the next one this is prince edward interlude featuring chan tate and amber woodhouse that boy chan tate Thank you, Jesus. If you take me, just bless my people. Just bless my people now. 
nigga having fun, man. Last name Brown like a suntan. I stay stunting. Like my nigga Corey Dunson. 30 plus got the lungs like a young man. Represent my team like a front man. Couple Negroes, I consider heroes. Gave me the cheat codes and I got with the program. Thinking out the box for some more bars. Beating down the block like a sports car. Let the light hit the right way. Pinky ring up, that's the North Star. Got the drip like some activator. They drawn towards me, that's a gravitator. Making words go together like a matchmaker. Huh? I be rocking golds in my mouth too. Putting on for the South too. Everybody love it, what about you? Everybody love it, what about you? Don't judge the kid by the watch on the wrist, the ring on the fist, the pot that he piss. You ain't boxing the men. If you hurt something high, yo, it got Man, to be this. What's wrong with people lately? I'm glad I wake up dead. That's all I be saying. Thank you, Jesus. Ay. On my knees, like, thank you, Jesus. If you take me, just bless my people. Just bless my people, now all these people saying. Uh, I've been in this shit for five years. Look at me, I'm right here. On top, I'm like, hi there. Ain't no nigga I fear. That's why I just go blind every time I see you niggas here. Man, I peeped you niggas weird. And your speakers I can hear. Rest in peace, my nanny spirit. To the sky, I hear you cheer. To my peak, I feel I'm there. This the sound of Prince words you hear. We the best, I know. Rap in my sleep, my eyes closed. Different like horns on right nose. Man, I'm so ahead of my foes. I be rocking golds in my mouth too. Putting on for the South too. Everybody love it, what about you? Everybody love it, what about you? Don't judge the kid by the watch on the wrist, the ring on the fist, the pot that he piss. You ain't boxing the men. If you hurt something high, yo, it got to be this. Been What's wrong with people lately? I'm glad I wake up dead. That's what I be saying. Thank you, Jesus. Ay. On my knees, I thank you, Jesus. If you take me, just bless my people. one may be my favorite it has remained one of my top three but it's currently my favorite i think the previous track and this track are deceptively laid back yeah. like room full of elephants it feels like kind of a slower tempo and then this mid-song break and it's like oh this is this is not what i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. this song as well is kind of deceptively laid back there's a super intense verse in this like mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening with the growling delivery there, mm-hmm. but it is That's Chan, man. It is intense. I mean, it's very uh, rewarding as a listener. You're like, oh shit. That's this... my that's my cousin, man. I I'm related to him, man. I that's... mean, it's great. And is the title of the track a, a throwback to your collaborative project? Yeah. yeah. So so Chan and I are Prince Edward. Right. Like the the two of us together are Prince Edward. That is a a, a story from my grandmother that was one of her childhood suitors we'll we'll leave it at that no i'm kidding she would uh like every time as she got older every time she would talk about prince edward she would always talk about him in the context of uh it was a person it was a person she went to high school with she would talk about him like all the like 
all the guys wanted to dance with Inez is my grandmother's name. Like all Shout the guys, are like Prince Edward and all the boys wanted to dance with Inez. I'm like, bro, is this dude my grandfather? Like, <laughs> don't lie to me. Right. Like, <laughs> don't lie to me. And so like, you know, me and my cousins had always heard about Prince Edward all the time growing up. And then at her funeral, there was a like Prince Edward had left a message for her at her funeral. Oh. And I was, it was like, and, and they were like, yeah, he's real. I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I looked at my cousins who was like, bruh. Like, we, we leaned in the pew like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so that's how we, we named ourselves that, Prince Edward. And, that, and that's, just, that's just us just doing what we do, man. So the thing about a lot of these features, most of these features, and something that I think is important in, in collaborations, especially when it comes to music, is like, when I collaborate with somebody, nine times out of ten, I we write the song together. Mm. Uh, when me and Slab did Resplendent, he came to my house, we, we went through beats, we wrote all the songs together. Right. Anytime me and Chan work, he comes to my house, we look through beats, we write all the songs together. And so that was that was the idea, that was the same approach with this. And it's interesting, like you, the shift in energy, because from my verse, the hook, we, we both perform on the hook, and then Chan's verse. Yeah. So... I wasn't ready for any of that. <laughs> even even him just doing it for me at my house. I was like, oh, okay. Bet. Yeah, do it just like that. <laughs> yeah. like, because it, it, it creates this like such a like dynamic tonal shift that it's like shocking, but in a good way. Yep. Like you're not prepared for him to come with that fucking delivery over this pretty ass beat. Like you're you're not Absolutely. Well, and especially after his half of the hook. Because mm-hmm. like the tone of his hook is completely different from the tone of his verse too. Yep. And is equally good, you know? Yep. The thing that I love about Chan is like so much of the chosen family concept is about non-blood family. Mm. You know, it's about that you make family in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, when we were making this record, I was going through a lot of personal loss. On my end, I just lost a cousin. And Chan Mm. is, I I don't know if we've explicitly said it, is Chris's cousin. He's Mm. 20. 20 shit 20 yeah yeah so so, so <laughs> like there's, there's like what like a, fifth, the, a 14 oldest? 15 year age yeah, gap between yeah, you guys yeah. but they collaborate so well together yeah and you know i was dealing with this loss uh, of a cousin of mine right before we started this record and then you know chan comes in he is the most featured hip-hop artist on this record amber has four features but as an instrumentalist but chan was all over the record chris's cousin kenny was you know at most of the sessions just hanging out as just uh, affirmation you know he was just there to let chris know that you know, chris is who he is and that he is yes. good at what he does yeah man um chilling moral support like because because me and my chan is on my cousin on my mom's side and kenny is my cousin on my dad's side and, and my and me and kenny are the same age and so we kind of grew up together. And so he, he just loves to be around it and just wants to show his support. He's the one like you've been seeing all over Twitter and Instagram, like, po- like I said, <laughs> counting down the yeah, record. I yeah. said, like, he is the countdown. Like, yeah. I know Instagram has a countdown feature, but like my cousin's taking care of it. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> no. that's my man. We, we reconnected at my pop's funeral and we and we've and ever since we've been we've been back tight. Like we like we never were like at odds or anything we mm-hmm. just you know we were going through our own stuff independently sure. and like you know and then because we were very close growing up we went through our separate stuff and and we reconnected as adults and it's just a beautiful thing to have my cousin back in my life you know what i mean so yeah 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 that's great i mean so much of the the what i see in chris and the chosen family thing is just that like you know as 
family come and go through your life. You know, he talks about having lost his grandmother and lost his dad. There are other family members that he has formed bonds with kind of through those moments that are now just as important to him, you know, that are a new family structure and getting to be like a witness to that, especially with this cousin that was so much younger than him growing up and seeing him kind of reaching back and kind of giving him a place in the space with all these other, you know, Nashville hip hop kind of contemporaries, mm-hmm. even getting Chan on Resplendent with G Slab, you know, it just he was like the only feature on Resplendent. Yeah, it, it like for me means a lot uh, as someone that is kind of like navigating that in real time to kind of see how it is settled for someone, you know, a few years removed from those moments of loss to kind of see how the family just restructured around that into a new, tighter unit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. Hell yeah. From there, we'll just... I, I got to point out the Sonic sample. I love it. I hey. love the Sonic sample. Hey, pinky ring. That's the North Star. Bring. I, yep. I hear it all the time at gas stations now, yeah, and it drives me insane. They don't know what they're doing they to don't. us, man. With, like, people that came up playing games and playing Sonic, like I hear that. I'm like, Bruh. Gotta go fast. I'm like, what's happening be- back behind the counter that I'm not seeing? If I look, so if I spend $100, do I get an extra life, bro? That's like 100 coins. 100 rings, you feel me? Um, I, just, I just had to call it out. We yeah. don't have to dwell on well, it. I, I appreciate oh, it. Another big shout out to Amber Woodhouse. The sax solo at oh, the end of this. Unbelievable. Oh much like the beginning of No Throwaways is just such a remarkable moment. I, I mean, really, we knew we wanted that. Um, I knew when I heard the beat and I heard how the beat kind of dissipated into this real ethereal pad at the yeah. end. I was like, what if we just have someone solo over it and bring in a musician as kind of another moment? I had no idea what she could do in like the last 20 seconds of a song to elevate it as much as she did. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, my notes, I have sax solo written in all caps spaces between each letter. Just like grabbed me. Holy shit moment. Yes. Incredible. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, for sure. So, Amber Woodhouse, don't sleep on Amber Woodhouse. Absolutely not. Unbelievable. Amber Woodhouse, man. (laughs) All right. uh, Now we're going to hear Don't Let Them Erase You featuring C.I. Aki. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up, Chris? This is CI. Sorry, Mr. Call. I just want to hit you back up. You know, want want to leave you a little something I've been thinking to share with you. So I'm just gonna drop it here in the message. Don't let them erase you. They're writing rivers that run for centuries. Rivers that run for centuries of so much soul. Your soul, our soul, all that is soul. Rivers that run for centuries of all that is you, all that has been running, all that will run for centuries more. Don't let them erase you. You are riding rivers that run beyond their races. Rivers more than races. Rivers that run. Running rivers. Running rivers of you. Running rivers of us. Running rivers of all that is soul. Bruh, don't let them erase you. You're riding rivers, rivers that will run for centuries. Mahalo.
That was Don't Let Them Erase You featuring C.I. Aki. Uh, another quality message there. I mean, poetry, absolute mm-hmm. poetry. You're mm-hmm. writing rivers that run for centuries. Mm-hmm. Like, just a, a statement on legacy and, like, being around. Again, he he delivered on every level. Um, so C.I. Aki is... Um, a friend of a friend so I, I mentioned my friends that have the um the literary press april april gloaming and so they actually published his book of poetry book of, his book is called uh the world black beautiful and beast and it's a poetry book and i read it and i've read about half of it and it's literally like you could probably read it in an hour but i've only read that much because i really want to like soak it in and yeah. focus yeah and and so i actually had read about half of it and i and i asked him to do a piece that was in that book i went over to his house he had he made uh him and uh, our, myself and some friends of his dinner made his cocktails and he was doing a reading of a poem from his from his book and he wanted to shoot a video for it for new years and, and everything so i helped him with that and then i asked him if he wanted to be on the album to do a spoken word piece and he, he said he would and so um, we finally link up. He comes in. He does this. And instead of doing the piece I asked him to do, he actually wrote an original mm. piece, which ended up being yeah. Don't Let Them Erase You. Because what I did was I sent him the album. I sent him the album. You know, it was in, uh, its, current in its current in form. In its state yeah, at yeah. the time. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and he said, yeah, I'm getting kind of like a vibe of like, don't let them erase you. Like, I'm going to do some original stuff. And uh, yeah. so, so we had him come in and do it. He recorded it. And then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, we put it to a metronome and sent it to Just Vibes. We talked about putting it to a metronome, but we wanted it to feel more organic to, than that. We put it, we looked up okay, so MF Doom type beat on YouTube. No, you didn't. And, 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 and we, did we, we, dropped, we dropped in <laughs> just this real mellow kind of like jazz hop beat for him to do it over and then i found the bpm of that sent the reference to just vibes okay and i told okay. i told him you know this is what we used as a reference this is the bpm and then i sent him just the blank vocal and mm-hmm. he created a new beat yeah yeah so he actually sent two versions of that song there were two different beats and i had actually heard both of them because he had sent me those beats before just as like i was like hey bro you got any beats he was like Psh, yeah here's like 30 beats you know what i mean because he's, he's like that like you know <laughs> and so i hit aaron up i was like which one do you like and i'm like i think I, I was like i like them both but i think i like this one better i'm like yeah me too okay and so that was it fantastic i yeah. uh, love the horns love just the vibe of yeah the whole he song. did it's all great. that the water the the like running water you yeah hear in the back like the river like a creek yeah all that stuff yeah that's, that's all like we didn't again we that was all Corey. that was all just vibes we didn't do anything to that Sorry, I was gonna say, are we making a commercial for Just Vibes? Because yes. we should be. This whole record is a commercial for Just Vibes. <laughs> I this record is amazing. This whole this record exists because Corey is who he is. You know. Yeah, and I, I like as much time and effort as we put into this, and as much as we gave to it, uh, Corey's right there with us, man. And, and like. I the, tell I mean just the way that you guys linked up, you know. He well, was, literally was literally trying to give away these beats to people. I was about to tell him yeah. because talking about how he uh, how Michael organically discovered me through Bandcamp, Just Vibes organically discovered me through Instagram. He saw he saw some, one of my posts or something yeah. and he'd been he he was tapped into the Nashville hip hop scene in the fact that he was aware of it, but he wasn't like he is now right to where he's got you he's know connected to it at all yeah, yeah. ten thousand hours with you know four <laughs> yeah yeah premier nashville hip-hop artists <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah so he just like hit me up and he on instagram man randomly 
And I was like, yo, what's up, bro? He was like, you know, I really did. I, I think it was like right around when Resplendent came out. Like, he loved what he was doing with that. And I was like, bro, send me some beats. Like, and that was it. And, and there was like a period of, there was a period of time when we were working on this album where I was just like sending him a stipend every week. I was like, I'll drop a little bag off for you. Just yeah. keep sending me beats, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. I just needed that opportunity. Yeah. 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 And, and, and now, you know, now he's locked in and everybody knows how good he is. Like, and they're going to know more when this comes out. Yeah. And they're going to know more when this other 6-1 Tribe shit comes out. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't talk about that guy enough man nah. he's, he's and he and he's a great dude on top of that like yeah. he's, he's he brings great energy he's a lot of fun to be around he has a passion for it like he loves the look on my face when i hear a beat i like you know what i mean or like the the expression i make or the sound i make you know what i mean like right he, he, he re that resonates with him so much and i'm like that too like I think about watching YouTube videos of like Buster Rhymes when he hears a beat he loves and Buster Rhymes has been in the game for like 30 years, but he still like loses his mind like a little kid when he hears a beat he loves. And that's how I am. Yeah. And so like vibes brings that, he brings that energy to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, energy is everything, you know, going back to like how I felt about you in that first resplendent session, mm -hmm. you know, it's the same with Corey. And I feel like the three of us just feed off each other's energy. Yeah. Like I know how to take what Corey is trying to do and elevate it into where he wants it to go. Mm -hmm. And then we know that you can run with that and, and kind of fill it out and, and turn it into the finished product and the, the reactions that we get from each other yeah. when like, you know, you hear Corey's stank faces. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, it, it just match. like we creatively feed each other in, in this kind of like feedback circle that just mm -hmm. keeps the momentum going. It's it's and really special thing, to be around. That's the thing we were talking about too. How like not everybody can be around that part of the process. Like you talk about mixing and mastering and stuff. Making a beat is just like that. Oh yeah, it's like very it's repetitive. Like, repet is like the same four bar segment while I try to figure out a sample for like. But I'm like fuck that. Y'all keep going. I love it. I have what I need to write now. Y'all just keep making it sound good. Like, you yeah. know, and so I'm in there just writing while they're cooking up and it's it's, it's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. Sounds like some incredible. I was energy. like I was like, dude, they'll have it like one, two tracks on the thing and I'm like, fucking send me that. I'm ready. Like that's all I need. Like, yeah, I was like, that's all I need. A drum and a fucking hi hat. Send me that shit right now. <laughs> like, <Amazing. laughs> yeah, man. All right, let's dive into The Conquerors featuring G-Slab. Mr. Slab. Slabbington. Slabbington. <laughs> Negro Justice. The Shogun has summoned you for a battle. Think you have bars? Bring your ass to the designated place at the designated time so I can designate your ass for humiliation. Also, tell Sue to come pick up this dry cleaning. It's been here for about three days. Shogun out. Game gave me callous. Roll to the challenge, I was planted in some mint. Double up the status, I've been making since a jit. New extension on the strap, I adapted to the switch. Used to be average, now I average the assist. I gave niggas looks, saying they mad they couldn't hit. Wow. I told my nigga Negro we were superheroes. Red or blue pill, either way I'm Neo. I'm the one that didn't fall from the pressure. Told me be grateful, I ain't supposed to be special. I danced with the devil, two left feet on me. Then I skated through this bitch like Gretzky Novi. I used to want to end it, give it all away. Put a nine to my chest like near and throw it all away. Oh, now we about to ball till they call a play. And everything right there in one call away. I got a hustler spirit, nigga, period. Check my swag, yo, peep the way I wear it. 
Check my chain, yo, peep the way it's glaring Every minute of time I learn to cherish Cause gold flow from my larynx Nigga flow is apparent My auntie's more like a parent And peep the clothes that I'm wearing I'm flyer than a motherfucker Now I see why you're staring Now I see why you're doubting yourself Cause you keep comparing yourself to me The coolest nigga alive I'm at the crib chilling I'm faded catching a vibe Solange a seat at the table I'm bumping cranes in the sky I'm solid under pressure The difference between you and I I know you want my downfall I know you seek my demise This shit is like a revival I'm living through every line Ain't worked as hard to quit You should know that I ain't that guy I got the soul of champions Nigga, look in my eyes Used to be suicidal But nigga, it's not my time Nigga, it's not my time Nigga, it's not my time I used to be suicidal But nigga, it's not my time And if they said I ain't the greatest Then damn, they told you a lie all right, that's The Conquerors featuring G-Slab. I think this marks the back half of the record, which I think is very subtly clear with the tape effect. Right at the start of that song, it's like a little bit of a tape sort of warming up, up or winding yeah. up. Maybe that's a reference to other collaborations you've done where there are other tape, tape effects. Yep. But I think it's also the intensity changes here on this uh, on this track from what we've been hearing. It's great. Love it. Like coming into the back half of the record if this was a vinyl record this is totally side b the samurai showdown intro shogun amazing love it to death uh i love the references to superheroes the red and the blue pill reference yeah. the cranes in the sky reference yes. big fan and there's just an incredible rising intensity to your verse that like i was just locked in listening mm. to this like i've listened to this several times prior to our podcast here mm. but that particular verse i'm just like holy shit this where how far is this gonna go mm-hmm. and it just keeps going it's great yeah very well done it's good to see you and slab back together on a track too and 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 it's not it's not the end he's, oh yeah man he'll show up again <laughs> in a couple of minutes if you mm-hmm. stick if you stick around stick around <laughs> uh any insights onto the creation and recording of this one Again, this was one me and Slab wrote together. This is another Just Vibes beat. So the thing about this one is Slab actually had two verses for this beat. And he did one. He did one on a, a promo he was doing. I, I forget the 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 group that it was a part of but he did it and i and and he told me he was doing that and he said he had he had, he was still ready with the with the verse on it and i said as long as you still reference having suicidal thoughts on that on on your verse is cool like because i was like because i was like that was the conquerors is the idea of us beating that yeah. yeah and so uh and he was like don't worry i got you and so he did that and he shouted me out when he did the original verse he had and he he let me know he was gonna come and come and do that and so my verse never changed it was one that i had written for a while another one that's probably been around not quite as long as that room full of elephants verse but around the same time mm-hmm. and so i actually had written it to another beat and when i heard what slab was doing on his verse i was like oh okay like I, I, I was oh. like I was I was about to write something. I was like, no, 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 I got something. <laughs> yeah, I got something in the tuck for this. Yeah, like you mentioned the cranes in the sky. I, I love that you caught that because I'm a big Solange fan. That seat at the table album is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And cranes in the sky is about trying to get out of the the mud. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's yeah. a, you know I tried to drink it away. I tried to smoke it away. I tried to dance it away. This all all this stuff and so. You know that was very deliberate. Yeah, like I had that written for another thing, but when I heard, I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! This needs. This is for this." Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Aaron, any uh, any insights from you on this particular track? I don't really remember when we did this. I just know that the chemistry between Chris and Slab and the Resplendent EP was great. And we knew that part of this was going to be trying to continue that relationship. Yeah. If I remember correctly, this is one that we wrote together, but we did not record together. I think we did these separate. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I, I get confused because Slab came back and redid his verse. I don't remember yeah, the first I'm, session. I'm, I'm almost positive that we recorded yeah. our verses separately, but we did write it together. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just echoing a lot of the same thoughts and, and going back to some stuff I said earlier about feeling like this record and, you know, all, all, all the artists on this kind of going back to something i said earlier i just feel like the nashville hip-hop scene for me does a really good job of breaking down misconceptions of the types of people that make hip-hop music you know i, I there is no one type of person that makes hip-hop and that is never really more apparent to me than when slab is in the studio i i just i think that he gives off this aura of being just like an inherently big guy and kind of an intimidating guy but mm-hmm. writes some of the most just like emotionally vulnerable mm-hmm. hip-hop th- that comes out of the city mm-hmm. i i feel like the stuff that he's writing these days is is incredible is gonna oh, I, th- I think the word you just used there vulnerable is the, the secret sauce. Yeah. I think there's a songwriting ability and, and, and a, a vulnerability to a lot of the hip hop artists in Nashville that is like willing to put their experience out into the world mm-hmm. that I don't know if it's happening in other scenes or if it's indicative of hip hop in general, but I think it's very special to the Nashville scene in general. I'm not saying it's exclusive well, to the Nashville I, scene, but I think it's a, a great skill that a lot of the, the hip hop artists here have. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I don't want to claim it. I, I It happens everywhere. You know, there are hip-hop artists in Chicago and Atlanta and New York that I all think, you know, try and tackle talking about depression and, and more, like, vulnerable topics, like, kind of topics that traditionally are, like, anti-masculine that, that you don't bring up, um, that I think this record and just a lot of... Chris and Slab's writing and and kind of the whole hip hop scene in Nashville in general, kind of with hustle culture comes confronting depression, confronting kind of a feeling of worthlessness as you were like aspiring for something that hasn't happened yet. And there's a lot of that that comes to the surface in the writing that I think is just really special and really like universal. Yeah. That, that, that far transcends the lived experiences of like the, the people that are talking about it. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> you got it, bro. Nailed it. All right, let's Shit. Good let's, job, Aaron. Let's transition into Good the job. first single from the record, right? GTSH baby. Five is good, nigga. I told you we wrote the miniseries on these motherfuckers, didn't I? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh. He like peace, that's cuz he a Pisces. But still if a hype beast out of they Nikes. He never learned how to handle the bike speed. But still know how to move at the right speed. He be 
cold chillin', personality type B Got game like that nigga was Spike Lee His little cousins wanna play the game They askin' me nicely, it was green juice We drinkin' that high C Then it was flamin' hot Cheetos Bro, them bitches was spicy Get me and Brev off the sticks, that shit is unlikely Cause they was in rotation, PlayStation was too This back in the day shit, the PlayStation was too NBA Jam Sega shit, we playin' that too Break to the kitchen, we was makin' a move Uh Hoping nanny don't wake while we taking the food Knowing damn well when she wakes she gonna be making us food I'm talking so much the plate can't hold the weight of the food And you know our black asses love the taste of the food Various ages man our greatness is true Then we shoot to auntie crib like we was well So we shoot to auntie crib like we engaged in a duel Safe to say niggas was paying they dues I'm non-violent But you cross blades with the crew I got ways to put your face on the news And I don't give a fuck if I mess up Hey, cuz, what's poppin', bro? What's good with it? What's good? Hey, Buster. I'm trying to hop on this NBA jam for the one time, for the one time. Bruh, you know it's been a little minute since we got on that jam, bro. But yeah, hey. you know what? They used to call us back in the day, undefeatable. Undefeatable. Greatest to ever do it. They said he had Ray Allen in the corner, Larry Bird up top. Couldn't <laughs> stop him, ever. <laughs> He made it his mission to pay attention Made the realization whoever made him They made him different, cut him different. His hair getting gray cause he got the wisdom Cause he got the vision He see the horizon off in the distance Fast forward now my cousin got his own crib We broke it in proper blueberry vodka The right kind of shit to align your chakras Them little niggas, my brothers, sisters, my partners They my army, they my shotters Hard body, terracotta It's some niggas only adjacent to greatness They Ron Harper I done seen some strange Of things like Hopper, I changed the whole arc with one stroke of a marker. Uh, I understand this is stretch, Mr. Fantastic. I silver surf on the track like it was magic. I treat the beat like a poetry slam. I'm snapping. It's all good, you know. Stunting is a habit. Uh, I got this shit honest. Look who my dad is. I got this shit honest. Look who my dad is. Uh, I said stunting is a habit, so I got this shit honest. You know, look who my dad is. Hey buddy, this is your auntie. Uh, when you pick up Sydney, can y'all go by the house and put my trash can and my um, recycle bin back by the side of the house? I'm gonna walk around the house and make sure I ain't nothing going on with you. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Okay, okay, okay. Let's bitch warm up for a second. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's my shit. That's my shit. Let me turn that bitch up. Hold on. I. Yeah, I love that shit, man. Ooh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me turn back. Oh shit. Ah. All right, that was GTSH. That's the first single. You all heard that song by now. You Get all better. who have made it this far into the podcast that understand the archival nature of this, you've heard GTSH because it was the first single. I love the verse redo with the tape scramble, just like, don't give a fuck if I mess up, yeah. like acknowledging the thing that happens in the song. It's a little yes. meta. It's great. Yeah. Completely unintentional. I it really like there. There was a line there because it was uh, what sh- the original line. Sh- shoot so. to auntie's house, like yeah. Shoot to we shoot to auntie's crib. Something about a pool. Yeah, so we can wade in the pool because we would go to my aunt's house to use her swimming pool because they have one in her neighborhood. Yeah, and then shoot to auntie's 
house, house like, like we're engaged, we're engaged in, a duel. in a duel. Yeah, so um, that was just a little wordplay. But I fucked it up one time, didn't I? Like, yeah, yeah. I legitimately he nailed it, it every other time, but he fucked it up in this one take. And then at the end of that take, said, "And I don't give a fuck if I messed up." Wow. And I was like, "That's cooler than what we were actually trying yeah, to do." Yeah. And so like, we just left it. It was yeah. just kind of this like organic moment. Everyone always tells Chris in the studio, "Your fuck up sound intentional." They're like. I didn't realize that you were stopping that take because the way you mess up, it doesn't sound like a car crash. It sounds like a skit that's just happening in the middle of your song that's supposed to be there. Yeah. And so it was something that we kept hearing from people in these sessions that when it happened organically, we're like, let's just leave it. I mean, you know, I thought the original line was great, but I thought that moment was something that like we couldn't have scripted and pulled off as well as it felt just uh, happening organically. Had that, that, had that been scripted, I think it would have felt weird. Well, that yeah. noise he makes, that blah, 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 is like just what he did <laughs> yeah, in the I, studio. I and then that. he just kept going and nailed the next line. It just happened that way. And we're yeah. like, you yeah, know, that's perfect. Let's, this, yeah. you know, people always say it sounds like it's supposed to be there. So it's supposed to be there. Let's leave it in. So, like, when people started to tell me that, it became like a little homage to Action Bronson because he's one of my favorite rappers and he has these like talk about like world building and continuity like he has these songs that he he titles them the date that they're recorded and and the date is always nine September twenty fourth so the first one is nine twenty four eleven then there's nine twenty four thirteen and then there's one more but in each one it's just he, he it's a beat he's just rapping and if he fucks up he fucks up and he talks about it and he keeps he keeps just keeps, keeps rapping. going no. and it's all one continuous take and i always thought and it was like hilarious he's like I, you know he's a chef or he's like i bought the chopped beef from the blah 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 blah, blah. like <laughs> and he just fucked it up and then he kept going he like laughs it off and keeps going and he murders his fucking verse and i was like hey that's my little action you know unintentional action bronson reference for yeah. uh homage so it's yeah. great, and it's a it's a great first single too. Wise choice there. Yes, sir. Very insane beat on that one, well, and a lot of like blood family in yeah. the um, voice clips too. Because yeah. you've got um, that's my that's my cousin in the uh, so that's the second youngest. No, maybe after Chandler, after Chan Tate. Uh, yeah, and talking about how we used to play NBA Jam, and me and him were uh, right. the undefeatables. That's what we were called because we could not be fucked with. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we would play NBA Jam and we would pick Larry Bird and Ray Allen and we would shoot threes <laughs> like it was uh, going yep. out of style. Uh. And we would destroy people. And it wasn't until they fer- they figured out that LeBron James is broken in that game that they could beat us. <laughs> and then your the auntie that you reference in verse one is the ending voice note too. Is she not? Actually, or is no. it different? No, no, no. The auntie that I reference is a different auntie, but the voice note at the end is my auntie. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean that one. The the reason we picked it as the first single, I, I felt like that was the one that most embodied the the blood family side of what Chris was talking about on this record yeah. in, in terms of just like you know the restructured like family hierarchy I, I, of kind of like I, I, and both just like growing up around a, a really like tight-knit family and then I, how those relationships have evolved as they've grown up it was deliberate in that and the conquerors I, I talk I say my aunties are more like a parent and so having this come right after with my aunt's yeah. voice note at the end mm-hmm. was was deliberate and uh because that like and I, and I'll talk about it later on the album but like you know I have a kind of, I've like an estranged relationship with my mother and so 
when the two of us stopped talking, I leaned on them because yeah. they were they were always there for me. Like, yeah. uh, and so, and I have a big family. My my mom has four other siblings, so it's like it was never like it was a single parent type thing. Like, I, it was very much like a community, like a village type atmosphere mm-hmm. right. in, in raising me. And that word village was the term I kept coming back to when I was talking to Aaron about the album. It's like, and that's why you see the feature list, like all these people that are both blood and non blood, like non traditional family present like i wanted their voices present on the album because that's what they are to me yeah yeah for sure i mean i think that falls right in line with chosen family yes, sir. if you think about like the nuclear family mm-hmm. in heavy quotes you know well there's and, a lot more outside of that right and you know the the first real reference to like your dad on the record too at the end of you know yeah. i got the shit on us like who my dad honest. is yeah. yeah yeah and that that was just something that really like meant a lot to me too yeah. you know i get entering I get, our 30s and kind of yeah, realizing yeah. the ways that we're kind of becoming like yeah i get you know, a lot of my yeah. swag from my dad man and it's yeah. just crazy like you don't i don't you don't realize it till you start to get older and you get more insightful and like introspective and, and you're like oh wait no you can kind of like really. three-dimensionalize them beyond yeah. just a parent exactly. into like who they were as a person yeah, yeah, as yeah. A person it's like oh i really did get yeah i really did get this shit from him like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's uh transition to cherry limeade again with amber woodhouse resilience is my middle name feeble attempts to crush my spirit all did in vain niggas tripping off a little fame i look at that shit and i chuckle moving on to bigger things i went to new mexico wiped my shorty up i promise i'ma still be trying to when she 40 plus 50 and 62, please don't get confused, man, don't get my shit misconstrued, let me find out, I just helped Stella reclaim the groove, two-step in the spin, baby, I made the move, it's a lot of people faking the funk, like I'm the type of nigga you can take for a chump, uh, I'ma only say this shit once, I knew you haters was fake from the jump, I've been relaxing in the spot with a little shade from the sun, my thoughts been getting deep like they taking a plunge I felt the whole range of emotions in the space of a month Used to bury him, but lately I'm prepared to confront My wifey rock her bangs like a punk I ask her what she want from Sonic, man, I'm making a run uh. I'm finna do one more take and then and then we're gonna be on our way. Okay. See ya. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Vibes did that transition too, because I said I because it's a similar sample in GTSH as this cherry limeade beat. So I said, make I was like, make them run together. Yeah, make it yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> so like, both hmm. of these were done like back to back and intentionally sort of bridged together? They weren't done back to back initially. It's just that when Chris heard him, he yeah, saw the potential to him, do that. I heard like it was the same. It was either the same or a very similar. I don't know if it's the drum sample or what the element is that is that is similar. But I was like, no, 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 no. These like I was like, dude, because can you? Because both of them are just vibes beats. I was like, dude, can you just like make these connect and stuff? Yeah. Kind of way. I was and like, so he because like, I got yeah. something for this. Like yeah. And yeah. yeah, we talk about 
adding a lot of the transition stuff kind of after the fact getting the beats and kind of figuring out how we want to put them together mm-hmm. but Corey did the whole soundscaping with the car with chris getting in oh, to nice. like go and check on his aunt's house and turning on the tape yeah and hearing this beat before it actually kicks in Corey scripted all of that mm-hmm. as a way to like bridge the two songs mm-hmm. to play into each other yes sir. Yeah. is this a real a request from Sonic, or is it staged? It is so. Yes, <laughs> both, both. Yes, it to is both. Both a real request because that is what she would. That is her order. But that was like she was in the studio with us, and we, right. we did that there. But yeah, yeah, that that is her. That is like if we're not getting a meal, that is her Sonic order. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great Sonic them, order. Yeah, That's... Them soft pretzels, banging. Yeah, <laughs> like honestly, never had it, but I might go Bro, tonight. Next time, listen, listen. Listen, <laughs> it is half off Sonic Blast today. Today, I know this ain't gonna matter to the listener when you hear this, but I'm telling this for the people in the room. When I leave here, I'm getting my wife a, a Sonic Blast. No, well, no, I don't uh, know if, the, if, the, if, the, if they're on set, whatever she need, bro. As long as it's half off, I'm buying it, <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> I don't know how much there is to say about this track. I really love it. I love the horns. The sax is like yeah. continuously incredible. Resilience is my middle name. Resilience really stuck out name. to me. Hey. And of course, the, you know, Cherry Limeade. That's good. It's good order. Love it. Well, yeah. And I mean, shout out to Sean, his wife. I, yeah. She, you know, is really just like, I loved having a moment of acknowledging her on the record mm-hmm. too. You know, mm-hmm. so much of this was about kind of like your family, yeah. your blood family, but you know, marrying Sean, having a moment to talk about that on the record mm-hmm. I, and really like give her her flowers and this was cool too. Hell yeah. Man. It meant a lot Mexico, to me. Wife my shorty up. Yeah, we, we really went on a road trip to New Mexico and got married in Albuquerque, bro. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That shit was awesome. No, I mean, she just been super su- supportive of the music and the grind and the hustle. She's been to several of the studio sessions. Yeah. That's my boo. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, shout out to her for having a quality Sonic order. No. Hell yeah. <laughs> you already know. Yeah. All right, let's uh, listen to folks out here featuring Chan Tate and Amber Woodhouse. Amber Woodhouse, good job on the music. I can't wait to see you and Sean. I'm going to beat you and Mario Kart. A lot of folks out here ain't got the mind for this, or the time for this, no way. or the grind for this. A lot of folks out here don't know what time it is. They, don't. they try to silence this. Go ahead and mind your biz. Make ends meet, don't meet your end. This shit keep me from going off the deep end I've been reading, thinking, and speaking Ain't nothing to let my cousin stay at my crib for the weekend My nigga in the cut, rolling up a masterpiece Make a halo out the smoke like I'm Master Chief Don't ask my shooter how many points he be averaging Unless you wanna find out the hard way Family legacy shit, Tim Hardaway Nobody in the game can guard me No weapon form can harm me the squad built like Someone an army. Someone tell me why Chen Tay's so underrated. These TikTok rappers blowing up, man, all them niggas basic. But fuck it, I'm done talking about it. They gon' say I'm hating. But look at all my sons, look at all these cheering I'm making. They left the spot for the throne, so best believe that I'ma take it. Let's face it, I'm with all these rappers that he chasing. I'm greatness. You asking, can you get up on my level? Shit, maybe. Little niggas stay patient, spit this gas and buddy laced it. Yeah. A lot of folks out here ain't got the mind for this Or the time for this no way. Or the grind for this uh-uh. A lot of folks out here don't know what time it is They, they try to silence this Go ahead and mind Man, your this business. shit ain't arrogance, it's confidence I'm the best in the world, let alone just on my continent First verse, cuz set me up, my nigga tossing shit Now I'm a pan back in my assist, nigga, I'm tossing it uh. Oof 
Now you open like Jordan teammates. Nigga fancy as a cheese plate. Nigga dripping like a cheese steak. A nigga winning, that's the sweepstakes. Gotta spend money to make money like a rebate. Some niggas crooked with the vision, they can't see straight. I know I'm going to the function, just might be late. On nigga's head like a fitted, seven three eights. Did an interview, I'm in a magazine. Me and Slab in the Nashville scene. Paint pictures vivid, resplendent was the image In front to back it was gasoline Remember when this rap shit was nothing more than a lavish dream Playing in my mind with my body rest on a mattress spring Now I'm fly as a dragon wing Drake it till I make it, I can rap but I can't act or sing But give me some time, man Just give me some time, uh I said give me some time, baby And give me some time, baby a lot of folks out here ain't got the mind for this Or the time for this no way. Or the grind for this uh-uh. A lot of folks out here don't know what time it is They, they try to silence this Go ahead and mind your biz A lot of folks out here ain't got the mind for this Or the time for this no way. Or the grind for this uh-uh. A lot of folks out here don't know what time it is They, they try to silence this Go ahead and mind your biz Alright, let's be as upfront about this as possible that is an adorable oh, message yeah. that is yeah. a straight up adorable message I, I'm, I'm gonna ruin the adorableness for it why because i'm gonna tell him that you beat that kid's ass in Mario no, I, didn't. Kart. I didn't i didn't <laughs> I, 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 listen i had every intention of beating his ass in mario kart he ducked me uh that's right that's right he wasn't he wasn't up for it he ducked me too yeah tired. too so tired you challenged him, and but I'll he, talk, talk he challenged it. Chris. So that's but then my, yeah, Chris that's, called his bluff. Yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my little nephew, bro. That's my best friend's son. He's four. He'll be five in August this year. Yeah. And so I told them to do a voice note for me, and he recorded that. And he said he's going to beat me in Mario Kart. I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> he didn't know. No. I went to his. I went to his house. <laughs> I went to his home. <laughs> I said. I heard you was talking trash at Mario Kart. <laughs> Run it. <laughs> Run them hands. <laughs> but he was like, oh, I'm tired. I don't know if I feel like it. I'm like, I came all the way here to beat your ass. <laughs> I drove here for you. Like, yeah. I-, I told his mom, I was like, I was like, seeing y'all was cool and everything, but I really came to beat this little, this little ass in Mario <laughs> That's how that's how great gamers are made. Yeah, dude. You you, you you gotta get beat as a kid to know how hard you gotta work to come yes. back. Ten thousand. Yeah. It, it's like it's like a it's, grandmaster in chess. Dude, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's, playing the unbeatable chess guy. It's you, it's you know. kung fu. It's like I'm a grandmaster, bro. Mm-hmm. I have to show them. You have to show them the the path to their own excellence. Yeah, you know, only the I, strong survive. To this day, I take credit <laughs> for my cousin being an intense competitor because when he was a child, I would throw fireballs at him in Street Fighter until he cried. <laughs> That's cruel. Yeah. Just cruel. Yeah. Literally but, forged by fire. Yeah. No. He couldn't have been more than 10 years old. <laughs> Block or neutral jump, bro. Like, what do you want me to, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm like, talking about like, like competitive strats. And oh, yeah. like, he's 10. I'm sure he learned. Walk forward and block. Oh, yeah. Walk forward and block. I really love this song. This is one of my favorites. Several examples throughout this track of like just phenomenal lyrical contributions. Mm-hmm. Like there's one, it's about the delivery. And I meant to mention this at the very top, but the lyrics on the album are solid, but lyrics are 
half of the story like mm. the delivery is a huge part of it mm. and there's so much of this like there's one moment in here where you say mind your biz yeah. and there's something I, I can never emulate it but it's there's like this sly boastfulness yeah. but it's kind of coy and yeah. it's Mm -hmm. playful, playful but it's yeah, also yeah. like no yeah, mind yeah, your like, biz mind your, mind like your it's business. serious but it's also like grown folks are talking <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, that, it's that same energy as uh, no throwaways hook that yeah. you know take a corny ass and go play it's yeah. just confidence and swagger yeah. kind of concoction that just comes off as like someone that knows enough about themselves that they don't even have to like exert the effort to correct somebody. I would love to hear more about like where this came from, but there's more than any other song in this record for me, there is a lot of, there's a call and response with yourself yeah. that happens a lot throughout this track that I don't really hear on other song tracks as much. And there's even sort of like a challenge to yourself where you say something about like, I can't fake that I can't sing or I can't sing. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of like downplay yourself that you can't do this thing. And then moments later you do it. I'd like to hear how this song came to fruition because there is a lot happening with you as the narrator throughout this that's very fascinating this song was some of the most fun we had don't get me wrong the whole album was fun to make but this was some of the most fun we had because again me and chan wrote this song together we both loved the beat another just vibes beat and when we recorded it we actually kind of did it like dueling piano style so so and i think i told you about that because because i i sent it to you on instagram when i when we were doing it and you were like what's going on and i'm like yeah we're doing this shit he's over there in that booth and i'm over here and we're recording so like there there's two booths and and aaron had it set up to where chan was in the other booth and i was in this and we could see each other we could play off each other as we were recording it together and so we did that and it turned out really good. <laughs> like I don't I don't know what else to say as far as like this was one that like when we wrote it, I'll say we recorded it the initial version, right? And I had my cousins up just to hang out and we had a little listening party and I played this for them and they lost their minds. Like they could not handle it. Like like they they love the beat, they love the lyrics. My, my cousin my cousin Brevin, the one that calls me on GTSH about the NBA Jam and stuff, he's like he was like I knew you were gonna say Tim Hardaway as soon as you said learn it the hard way. I knew you were gonna say Tim Hardaway. <laughs> they just ate it up, man. And I was really just having fun with the lyrics and being playful again. Part of those verses were lyrics that I had already that I expanded on yeah. and fleshed out into a full, complete idea. And as far as the, the delivery and the structure, me and Chan are both people that love like one of our favorite things in hip hop is when people trade bars on a verse. Yeah. And so like even if it's even if it's just something as simple as like me doing eight bars and then Chan doing it, like him coming in, someone tell me why Chan takes so underrated. Like him come as I'm finishing my line, like him coming in right behind me was just like landing, like hitting the ground running and going in. Like yeah. I love moments like that in hip hop and we both do. And so like that's the thing about us together, even though there's that huge age gap, we both have a lot of things that we love about hip hop that we share. And so it's like we love to create those moment, moments in our in our own music. Mm -hmm. And so that this is just like a spectacular example of that. Yeah, for <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Chan being so much younger mm -hmm. than everybody else on the record and kind of like not I don't I don't want to say inexperienced, but you know, newer to this than everybody, kind of yeah. like still figuring out what he wants to do, what he mm -hmm. wants his style to be. I just felt like his confidence on this was equally 
magnetic you know I, I felt like he played off that energy and, and that swag that you had in a way that like you both were just so braggadocious without saying w- without calling anyone out or, or, or trying to like downplay anyone else but really being confident in who you are and just like his ability to match your energy and that was so cool for me that's I, the thing about chan is like he'll uh <laughs> and I and all my cousins do this. I don't know if it's just something with their generation, like and I'll give them shit about it all the time. <laughs> I'm the type of person, obviously I love music, right? So like when I'm sharing music with someone, like I'm constantly checking like their reaction to see if they're like into it or not. And like I'll be playing a song for my cousins and they are just like stone faced, bro. Like they just like no emotion. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, do y'all just hate this shit? Like like I, we can play something else. Like you know what I mean. Like like you don't gotta suffer through this shit. But then like later they'll be like, bro, what was that shit you was playing in the car? That shit. Was, I'm like, you motherfuckers. Like why did you say that shit? I'm over here having a panic attack thinking y'all don't like my music. Like uh, feeling like the old man in the room. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Like dude. and so and 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 Chan kind of brought that energy to this. So like he would come over to the house to write, and he's very like Chan is very reserved. Until he's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's where his personality comes through. You hear it on the song. You hear it on that. You hear it on Prince Edward interlude. For sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's him. Probably a force to keep an eye out on. 100%. You know how these young you, these young boys do. We're trying to get him out here. To, and I hope you hear this podcast, hear me calling his ass out. We're trying to get him to the damn studio to, no, to get him to, to lay some shit down. Aaron's ready. No. We're ready. Chan, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great transition. Here we go with George Jefferson Strutt featuring G-Slab, Corduroy Clemens, and F.U. Stan. Showing out for me. Running through the game, burning calories. Birds eye view, watch the game from a canopy. The package being stamped and it's wrapped in some plastic. Never gave a fuck about a rapper or they status. They average, they suckers, and I'm sicker than these niggas making magic. Chris Paul setting up the shot, this the standard. This shit go hard, this dick ain't free. Tip my jaw, flip my collar, inshallah. When you're moving on up to the east side, mind your manners, food for thought. When I drop, mine is manna yes, A gift from God, a hum to a law I was penny pinching, now I give you some for your thoughts Nickel and dime with some quarters for the 50 uh-huh. Dollar bills, what I'm trying to get until I'm filthy Rich. We set the standard in the city, this a different run Smoking the game, she carry Rich's son See fallacy and try to make sense of it with fancy analogy. Floating through the void, your boy out the galaxy. Meditate and conversate with pops. I know he's proud of me. Made a son out of anyone that would challenge me. Even in your wildest dreams, you can't amount to me. Nick-
niggas was in the mud I heard them call out to me George Jefferson struck The city showing out for me I was made to build niggas up So it astounded me To find out some niggas not homies They just a clown to me You never seen a nigga inhale An entire cloud of trees And shatter every expectation you ever had of me. Twice as good as like half the niggas That do this for a salary That learn to be self-conscious Upon the first sound of me It's funny I take pride in the people That fucking doubted me But even more pride in the people I have yeah. surrounding me It's that creme de la creme Vince caught up with his arm in the rim You wouldn't believe it if we told you So we caught it on film How you do it, I don't question it This was set in stone before I stepped here Like an old testament I ain't got a curse in the verses A clean body Two days after the autopsy Three pats on the head Now get the ball from the net You disrespect And I'm KG with the retrospect You know what's up I see fallacy and try to make sense of it With fancy analogy Floating through the void, your boy Out the galaxy Meditate and conversate with pops I know he proud of me Made a son out of anyone that would challenge me Even in your wildest dreams You can't amount to me Niggas was in the mud I heard them call out to me me george jefferson strut the city showing out for me do it still slap yes yes <laughs> this song created the do it still slap test yeah yeah no. because this, this is the first this track is the first song so we would listen to it and be like do it still slap yeah i mean like for months following yeah. this we would start the session by listening to this song and be like do we still feel like this is the tone setter that we want it to be do it still slap and it does every time yeah. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, it's not out of line to say this is the darkest track on the record, right? Do you feel that way? Oh, let me think here. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think on that darkest track. Maybe just orally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this or work in the morning. I think that's got yeah. a like yeah. a real grit to it. Like yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, probably this one. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad thing. No, 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 no. I mean, no. This, this I was I, I was thinking because I was trying to see if I could think of one that I felt was darker, but I, I think you're mm-hmm. right as far as like like a sonically, no. right? Texturally. Sonically, much better, easier yeah. to say word than orally. Is the worst. Uh, yeah, dude. The vocal effect, that the distortion on it is like uh, drives yeah. me crazy. Absolutely yeah. love it, particularly at the end of the oh, yeah, song. Yeah. Oh yeah, like just yeah. We, we knew we wanted to grimy. chop and screw the end. Do, yeah, the, do the, something the, like that. Was, yeah. yeah, the last one I was like, yeah, pitch that down, bro. Yeah, it's really it's, interesting to hear. I think that. we did that in the recording session. I think I just threw in an effect on that last hook mm-hmm. as a placeholder. Mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't the final no, version we, of it, but yeah. I'm gonna do this at the end. Before everyone got there, we just had the hook laid down, mm-hmm. and so that was the first time Stan had come to the studio. And Slab was there, Dot was there, Corduroy Clemens. I don't know if there was anyone else there. I think it was, I think it was just, just us. the people yeah. on the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had already done the hook. We had the hook looping, and it already had that pitch down on it. And Stan was like, oh, yeah, I did the pitch down on it. He's like, that's hard. Da, da, da. You yeah. know, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. And so that was Stan's first time seeing the studio, and he was flabbergasted. Like, he was like me the first time. Like, he, he was just in awe. Like, he couldn't. And then he, he was born. He's born and raised in Nashville. He grew up out east. So, like, oh, it's knowing, all hidden. knowing the studio this is like super the hidden, right? Yeah. No. yeah, yeah. It's like. And he was like, I can't believe this was here. Like, he was just blown away. And so, like, he was so full of excitement that he was just like, insert Stan. He, he literally said, insert Stan. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. He, he yeah. said, when you're ready, just be like, insert Stan. No. And so we were working on our verses. Slab was like, I got my eight. I had mine. Dot was like, I got my verse. Stan fucking freestyled his verse. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe my favorite verse on the song. Yeah. They're all good, but man. The, yeah, dude, he, yeah. And oh. the, the, the structure and like to, for him to just have that in the tuck, just like in his head like that, 
I was I was blown away, man. And I was like so nervous. I was so nervous that day because these guys were here and it was like so much star power in the room and I was like I was like and all these like all these guys that I look I've looked up to, you know, and they're here to work on my on my record. I was super nervous doing my verse. Oh my god, it well, took it took so long. <laughs> but, uh, it's weird like it's a weird thing I think to people who aren't a part of the hip hop scene because everybody is still at a relative level of undiscovered you're really like aspiring for more than they have right now but within the hip-hop scene there's this kind of like unspoken hierarchy of people you know that really you know chris has been listening to slabs music and stan's music for years and even though on paper everyone feels like peers there are moments where people come out especially the first time they're coming out to the studio, the first time you're interacting with them, where they don't feel like your peer yet. They, f- they feel other. They feel like a celebrity that you are getting the Absolutely. privilege of working with. Oh, my god! And that energy, it was, you know, maybe the second or third time working with Slab with you and the first time working with Stan. Mm-hmm. That, that, that session just had a lot of that of, like, man, it's really cool that these people want to be on this record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, your peers saw you as somebody that they wanted to contribute to, even before yeah. we had anything to show as for a, it. As yeah. a peer. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was, that was a dope moment. It was cool. Me, man. Yeah. That was really cool. Shouts to those guys, Stan slab and corduroy clemens man yeah this is the most features on a single track Mm -hmm. on the whole record and it's it's so fascinating to hear that this was the first track like kind of blowing my mind because i have in my notes that like maybe uppercase maybe is this the thesis statement for the record like is this sort of like it's working it's about working and it's about supporting family it's about finding yourself and the the city showing out for me and like Mm -hmm. it's knowing that your pops is proud of you and like having that sort of family thing like there's there's something really deeply there's a core to this track that's very heavy uh, in a good good way yeah i think so i think an argument can be made for that being the thesis statement because i mean i talk about like i take pride in the people that doubted me but even more pride in the people that surround me so like I'm I'm literally like teeing up those guys. You know, it's kind of like the the posse cut, right? We were like, how can we get all these guys on here and not have like a six minute long song? You know what I mean? Right. And so like we had the idea to split them into eight bars, like eight bars a piece. I'm still on the hook. So it's like, even though I'm not the, I am the first, the first voice you hear. I'm not the first verse, but I'm still like the biggest presence on the song. And it's, but it still showcases all these other talents. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I think about that line that you end your verse with that you just said all the time while we were making this record yeah. that I take pride in the people that fucking doubted me but even more pride in the people that are surrounding me mm-hmm. that if, if you want to say there's a thesis statement somewhere in the song that to me was rattling in my head the whole time we made this record yeah. it was such a powerful statement of both overcoming the doubt you know there, there are moments where Chris talks about that he never would have guessed that hip hop would be where he ended up mm-hmm. in life. And, and the, those two sentences summarize both overcoming that doubt and that self-discovery, mm. as well as the pride of you know the community, the hip-hop community, yeah, the, the family. The like, company you keep, man. Yeah. That's something that... Before I wrote the first lyric, that's something that I would say to people. Like, you know, I, I, I take a lot of pride in the people that I surround myself with, and it's something that, like, I tell people my trust is easy to gain, but once you break it, it's near impossible to get back. And so it's like, if I invite you into my circle and you cross me or someone else in the circle, 
Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a rap. It's a rap. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just crazy to me to think about, like, the energy of what that session felt like mm-hmm. and how, like, familial those people feel now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how, how, like, a part of everything that we do, Dot and Slab and Stan, and I mean, you know, a whole list yeah. of people. It really, like, was something that I feel like we manifested in that first session oh, yeah. that over the you know last eight months has really kind of like grown into the who the, the the community that we're a part of like talking about that the last six one tribe session we had we started it by playing the album for anyone that wanted to hear it yeah and then you know then we were going to break off and and you know cook up some new stuff mm-hmm. whatever the people that were there were the people in this room and then corduroy Corey Clemens, and then literally, right as Amaze eighty eight says it brings other creative people around, Slab comes in. Yeah, Slab walked in the right, walked uh, into yeah. the studio, yeah. and so like that's like that's kind of like the core of Six One Tribe in, in in a way, and so like it meant a lot lot to me to have even just those people there, and it and it's no slight to people that couldn't you know people yeah, had yeah. other obligations whatever. The, sure, you know, I'm not I'm not. Oh well, yeah, like and we we played it again for them. You know, we yeah, played yeah, we yeah. played <laughs> Rio like, and like, Wizzle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right. You know, everybody. Heard it was it. like it was like them coming through and and just seeing the seeing the solidarity like just made me feel good. And they loved it. You know, they just had nothing but good kind words to say after you know after after it was done. So yeah, yeah, it's a special one. Mm-hmm. It is a special one for sure. All right, let's uh, still slaps. Still slaps. <laughs> still slaps. <laughs> still slap. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's check out Pops was a chef too. Two. Two. Featuring Black Whistle. Mm. Mm. I like my whiskey with some ginger ale in there, in there, in there. I got some niggas I ain't seen in a minute, minute. Yeah, yeah. Had a dream, I spoke to my pops, but I don't remember what he said to me. He went to culinary school, so he probably gave me the recipe. Recipe. Uh, that boy cooked like his pop was a chef. The raps come off the top of the shelf. I'ma keep rocking till they stopping my breath. I can't move, yo. I got nothing left. I put it on my last name, the family crest. Book of Eli for the beat. I'm traveling west. Calcutta got the pressure. You can feel in your chest. Y'all ain't eating. You just making a mess. After his brother died, made my pop was depressed He was a veteran, he had a purple heart in his chest Defibrillator for the cardiac arrest Cause he couldn't calm his nerve without lighting a cigarette Flamboyant with the coffin, my nigga would make a joke about it My cousin said I'd do the same thing My auntie said I got the same smile, same face I like to think I got the same style, same taste I like my jeans fitted with a crease in them bitches He like his bacon cheeseburgers with a little sauce to dip it And I like my shit the same way I said we got the same style, same taste. I like my whiskey with some ginger ale in there, in there, in there. I got some niggas I ain't seen in a minute, minute. Yeah, yeah. Had a dream, I spoke to my pops, but I don't remember what he said to me. He went to culinary school, so he probably gave me the recipe. Recipe. Uh. Raps, broke backs, broke packs, smokes like I got a sixth sense. All I see is whack folks. They giggle in the back of the class and they pass notes. Looking stupid like when Trump recounted it, added votes to the other nigga. Talking about your Uncle Joe. Me and Calcutta go together like Jack and Coke. Track ice cream soda, we keeping the game afloat. You know. Pain of his loss, it weigh on me like an anvil. Depression got a handle, trying me free samples, uh. 
I'm destined for greatness, I can't deny it They watching in amazement, they faces, they can't hide it A ladder to the top of the rap game, I'ma climb it I manifest greatness, I understood the assignment The vibe shit the tribe shit, something on my waist to waste those hating my click. I like my whiskey with some ginger ale in there, in there, in there. I got some niggas I ain't seen in a minute, minute. Yeah, yeah. Had a dream, I spoke to my pops, but I don't remember what he said to me. He went to culinary school, so he probably gave me the recipe. Uh. Yo, man, it's your dad. Happy birthday, man. You know, I normally get you early in the morning. I slipped. Love you, man. Call me back if you want to. Later. So, this is a sequel to the father figure release. Yes. But it's not exactly a sequel because it's a, it's also kind of a remake in its yeah, own way it's too. A, it's like, got some elements of the original, but I you know I just I, I tried to transform them and I yeah, and, it's and, like a slightly elevated version. Yes, yeah. and so Calcutta even did the new beat. When I got this idea, I said, "Yo, do you think you could cook up like a little?" And he did the original too. Yeah, he did yeah. the original for Pops was a chef beat. And so this was uh like you talk about we we're talking about a couple of the different homages I had on this album. This was one to Nipsey Hussle. Uh, he does a lot of stuff where he'll do sequels to songs from previous projects and he does like status symbol like blue laces Two, blue laces you know all these all these uh songs that are that are sequels and like you know running stories and so what's interesting is a big inspiration for this entire album was calcutta because what we'll do since calcutta's in, in california we'll have um like remote sessions and i'll play him songs he'll play me beats yeah we'll work on stuff remotely and so um i was having a conversation with calcutta and he said uh he was talking to like a uncle of his and he said that his uncle said that he had a similar experience growing up like as far as the interaction with his dad and and he was he was like really relating to those songs but he wanted to hear more of the story because he was so right interested in it and that's slick like what kind of like planted the seed for the chosen family i was like oh he want to know the whole story i'll give him the motherfucking story you know what i'm saying <laughs> like so and so that's how that kind of came about and then wanting to do that nipsey homage and then having all those like it's just expanding on my dad and my relationship with him yeah father figure and pops was a chef both of those songs ended up being on this album yep. because i was like wait a minute those songs fit the theme very of this album very perfectly. thematically yeah yep. so uh well and i mean you met wizzle in a six one tribe session yes. and just like hearing the tone of his voice. Yes. Wizzle, when I first met him described himself to me as the entire dungeon family reincarnated in one person. And you know, the, 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 yeah, <laughs> there, 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 there is something about the way he sounds when he sings and the way he knows to just stack and layer his voice. Mm-hmm. That is really special. And, um, he has an incredible voice, man. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, like so For melodic sure. and like, mm. I knew I wanted him on my album the first time because Rio actually he's a friend of Rio's and he brought and Rio brought him to a six one tribe session mm-hmm. and he went in and completely freestyled a verse for a song we were doing that session and I'm a, I perform on that song as well and when I heard and it's not even done yet like you know Aaron's mixed it a little bit yeah. but it's like like I bang that shit like it's I'm gonna finish like, it tonight yeah. <laughs> Ooh, don't tell him don't tell him that <laughs> uh, but yeah so like. 
hearing him on that and hearing his performance and what he did, I was like, nah, I need some of this flavor for the album. Yeah. And I think I was telling you before we got started, I wrote everything on there. I wrote the the verses and the hook. But when he performed it, I was like, no, I almost I, I told Aaron to take me completely off of the hook. He was like, no, 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 I want you. I want you on there, but we'll make Wizzle the lead vocal. And when he did that, I was like, Psh, perfect. The hook is, is one of those hooks where you're like, oh, the world needs to know this hook. Yeah. Like it's it's like a club banger. You could you can envision so many people just yeah. like invested in that. You have to. It's interesting you say club banger because it's like you have to like. In some situations, it's like you kind of you kind of like hide the messages in the in like a, a, a energetic track like that. Yeah, like yeah. That I mean, something. it's a it's a heavy song, right? Yeah, but but, but <laughs> motherfuckers will be in the club like, oh, like well, new, well, soon, yeah, you know exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And so that, that's a good that's something I learned from like Lupe Fiasco. He's like because he was he was signed to a major label deal and but he still wanted to like you know be conscious and and stuff like that and you know you gotta you gotta bury the message under these like oh uh, it's perfect poppy no, yeah. for not, sure. Not, I'm not saying. It, you know but like you you kind of sneak it in there yeah. so you can still like get it get something to market I mean, and then still get your point across that happens all the time yeah. there's like your pumped up kicks yeah foster the people uh that song is like about bringing a gun to school and oh, shit yeah. like that is yeah. a fucked up song yeah. people are like oh i got my pumped up kicks like yeah, that yeah. song is dark or like uh swimming pools by kendrick lamar <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that yeah, too yeah yeah, yeah. Those, yeah it yeah. turned into a party anthem and it's like actively a song about like the dangers of alcoholism, oh, alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i mean the back half of the hook too is just like is another one of those moments that's just super vivid for me of, you know, like waking up from a dream and kind of like half remembering it. I just like, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That That is actually a dream I had. Like I had a dream that we were at a barbecue and my dad was there and I was just sitting. It was like we were, I was looking at him and we were, and it was like we were having a conversation, but nothing was being spoken. That was very vivid in my head. It was like, my dad came to visit me and it's like, he had like we we were communicating but we weren't talking yeah. and it's like i don't know what he said but i know he gave me some game yeah you know what i mean and so like he and he was a chef he went to culinary school and so i'm like i i put all that in there yeah, yeah. is that an actual voicemail at the end yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and that that tease up of another yep. voicemail yeah, yeah. Man. it does Come it does on, tease man. up on, it tees up very nicely it's funny man i you know you sent me the two voicemails from his dad that that one and the other one that plays are both birthday messages mm-hmm. and for a long time i did the same thing where like i saved all the voicemails that i got left by my parents on my birthdays mm-hmm. and I, I never knew why but i just like throughout the year i've just like would have them and you know like seeing it now through this lens of like this thing that can still connect you to like this person that you lost like it really like yeah. it's powerful immortalized man. yeah yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, i i was you know personally really like happy to get to hear his voice on this record yeah, after yeah. like learning so much about you and your life mm-hmm. through the music mm-hmm. it's cool to have these like real human moments where i get like a little vignette of the character hey. you know that we talked about <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure all right you want to move on to father figure featuring chan tate go ahead and do that all right Needed a place to hang his hat, so he came back and acquired a fire crib in the cul-de-sac. Uh. I got a certain swag, a different way about me, but hating niggas still talking crazy like it's okay to doubt me. Yeah, they tried to clown me. Man, get away from around me. I know you miss me when I die, but you'll be okay without me. The level that I think on got an ocean's depth Ready to get my drink on even when it ain't no potions left 
that shit, then slow your steps. Got no emotions left. Once I get to that level, I know it's time to control myself. Learn to console myself. Uh, my uncle gave me the game. He was in Iraq taking soldier steps. Needed a place to hang his hat, so he came back and acquired a fire crib in the cul-de-sac. Uh. I'm trying to get like him. I'm trying to get like him. I'm trying to get like him. Yeah, I'm trying to get like him. Yeah, Needed a place to hang his hat, so he came back and acquired a fire crib in the cul-de-sac. Uh, I'm trying to get like him, cause he eating, he eating. That was Father Figure featuring Chan Tate. As we mentioned in the last discussion of the previous song, Father Figure release came out a while back uh, featuring Pops Was a Chef and this track, Father Figure. Uh, This is clearly a totally new recording. Yes. Maybe not clearly, because I said that as a question. So. No, 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 no. You, you, you got it. Um, so unlike Pops of the Chef 2, this is this was we just redid the yeah. song and we just wanted to, to elevate it as much as we could. Yeah, we thought we were going to redo the beat, and then we listened to it and we're like, this beat actually is perfect. Like, this yeah. is the beat that the song needs. The beat goes crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah, like when we heard it on the studio monitors, we're like, Yeah, yeah. We're just like, I just want to remix it, and then we recut the vocals. Yeah. I, I do enjoy a previous song that, uh, you know, I liked Father Figure when it was released right. before but hearing it in this new sort of context mm-hmm. is is really nice yeah uh, mm-hmm. i love the that vocal effect that wild vocal effect is back mm-hmm. on this song i don't Which know one? there's just uh, it's that. like kind of a callback from a previous track it, it shows up here again at least for me sonically oh, it's there don't feel worry. similar yeah, i believe you I just... I, there was one lyric that was like i'm trying to be like and i don't know if you say he or me and i don't want you to tell me because I think the ambiguity of my mishearing of the lyrics is very poignant and heavy for me. And I don't want you to clarify for me, but I love that. I sure won't. Just because I can't understand myself. I have, I have 43 year old ears. So it's so meaningful. I'm trying to be like he or trying to be like me, but they're maybe the same. It's very powerful for me. Uh, I think it's great. I do want to ask, what's the Japanese sample in there? Not a sample. It's not. Oh. It's a voice note. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a voice a, it's note. It's a f- multilingual friend of his. Yeah. Well, look at me assuming terrible things. No, 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 no. So, Vidal, who, the, the guy from Nova Scotia who was on yeah. Room Full of Elephants. So, the reason I bring him up is because she is part of that same friend group. She is my friend Sue. She is the community manager at a game development company. Nice. Uh, or a publisher. And she's so she's the community manager, so she's the one that I connected with to become a moderator for like Streets of Rage Four and yep. and so she she lives in France, but she's of like Afro Caribbean descent, but she is fluent in English, French, Japanese, whatever, Japanese, and then whatever language they speak in like Guadalupe and Martinique or whatever island her family's from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's Holy she shit. is a beast. <laughs> yeah, and she, so she she actually sent me. She's another one that sent me like four or five, six voice. Like she sent me a couple mm-hmm. in Japanese, sent me a couple in French, mm-hmm. and um, that particular voice note is actually I think it's 
an excerpt from a poem or part of a poem. It's like the legend of Kagura Hime. It's like a, a studio Ghibli movie. It inspired one of the studio Ghibli movies. She told me and I, cause I have it in a tab. I need, I'm trying to, I'm going to go read it and then watch the movies. So yeah. I, you know, I'm not just like I, a, had that context. Yeah. yeah. I own them all. If you want to come over and have a movie night, bruh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're done with the record, we can actually just like hang out hang and be out friends. As friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's good. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Yeah. I mean, and this was another one for me that just like not coming from a family that was as tightly knit as Chris's. It's just like so cool to see role models in kind of extended family you know like my extended family were people i saw on holidays and like we were fine but like i didn't know i didn't really like know enough about them to look up to them Uh, they were just you know family yeah and really like hearing him tell his uncle's story kind of the same way he talks about his aunt kind of becoming a maternal figure in his life seeing how his uncle kind of became a paternal figure and Mm -hmm. and inspired him and still inspires him you and uh sean buying your first house uh mm-hmm. in the midst of all of this just like mm-hmm. the this story was another really cool addition to kind of like, yeah yeah man like i said my, my mom has four siblings and they're all except for him they're all women so it's like and then he was in the army so it's like i was raised by five black women my mom three sisters and my grandmother and so it's like five of the most strong-willed like black women that i know mm-hmm. and it was amazing it gave me like it gave me so much insight it gave me so much sensitivity mm-hmm. and he was just as much a part of that because he is actually an extremely affectionate person like for him to be in the army and he's the type of guy that loves to just love to do crazy shit to have a story to tell you know yeah, he's yeah. One of the, and he's funny and like so i i've always looked up to him and i talk about i said my uncle gave me the game like he would always every time especially when i was in college every time i would see him he would ask me if any any army recruiters had talked to me yeah he was like because he knew i was smart he knew i was like getting my shit he was right. like he was like you don't need to be in nobody's military like and and, and not to say that like people that are in the military are not smart and all that but he was just like you need to do what you are doing like you're doing your thing like don't because like there were there was really supportive yeah there were recruiters on campus that would approach me and he was like any recruiters talking to you i'm like this one guy you know he'd be talking he was like don't talk to that nigga (laughs) (laughs) he he, he ain't your friend anymore yeah yeah yeah. i was like no 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 because he was a recruiter Uh, you know he's like and he He knew the tactics he knew yeah Uh, he knew the tactics he knew the type of people that they look for yep and he was like that's not you and so like i talked about my uncle gave me the game and he did a tour he, he, he may have done two i can't remember but like he was in iraq like all that shit man we were worried about him like at the height of that shit during the bush bush administration oh, yeah. all yeah. that shit man so it's like yeah i looked up to that man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, again very, very cool to me to him. Yeah. i just like my, my dad was an only child and my mom had two brothers but they didn't live anywhere near us so i just like i never had that relationship and it just is one of those moments that just really like speaks to somebody that doesn't have that mm. is just really cool and special mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I really like i am glad we included those two i, I yes, feel sir. like they they are just as much a part of the story as everything else yeah because they yeah. were they were late ads yeah yeah because yeah, i was like mm-hmm. <laughs> i kept going back because i was i would listen to father figure i was like man i would met i would text calcutta i was, calcutta, I was like dude this just slap man mm-hmm. yeah. And it fits the theme of the album. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should put this bitch on here. I don't know. <laughs> but that was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. And then we slide into the final track of the record. Sir. This is the Chosen Family outro featuring Auntie Joe. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Liking what they see, lyrically speaking, he hella decent with the poetry. When I was little, Nanny be bumping at Jodeci. Not Casey and JoJo, Jodeci. Them days I wouldn't talk to pretty girls, just hope they notice me. We used to laugh and joke about the same stuff. When that shit was messing your brain up, the aftermath was breaking the gang up. Ain't talked to mama since you passed, but she ain't changed much. Probably still think she ain't do nothing to be ashamed of Spending your money, moving around like she done came up Then turn around and try to blame us If you ain't do nothing wrong, then what you so afraid of? I know it's messy, but it's heavy on my chest I, I felt the weight of that shit, but I was impressed I, I took the pain and I turned it into success Look at how I make beautiful shit just manifest uh. And there she go, there she go, like There she go, there she go, like You should know, you should know, like You should know I'm trying to get where my pants can't fit Pockets of cash, Uncle Nearest endorsement That shit stay in my glass These was just a couple thoughts from my past To stay with me And you can't choose your blood But you can choose your family Today, share some of these blood. 
what's this sound like? Who's somebody you can compare him to? And man, I had to end the conversation right there, bro. Ain't nobody I can compare you to, dude. You out here doing your thing. Like, can't nobody else do your thing? You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. That's crazy. And I love to see it. Keep putting on for the city, man. Keep doing you. Like I told you the other day, you don't got no ceilings, bro. Keep it going up, you feel me? For real. Keep it going, bro. I mean, this song is impressive in a number of different ways. Listening through it again today and taking my notes, uh, you know, the actual beat, like there's a lot of acoustic guitar, Mm. which is maybe, I don't know if I'd say rare, but it was unexpected. Mm. The back masking sort of style to it of the looping was like my jam. Mm. I'm a very big fan of that. Mm. This, of all of the songs on the record, there's a lot of you in here and there's a lot of uh, emotion and weight. This song, like, I will cry. Like, Mm. it was... a wash of emotion mm-hmm. like it's such a an epilogue of mm-hmm. this whole thing and it has a very different vibe from the rest of the record but it's optimistic and it's uplifting and it's uh reflective it's just it's a beautiful piece of work oh, man. you know so and we're much, talking yeah. about like a hip-hop record that has like room full of elephants and yeah. like these banging songs yeah. and it ends on a note that is just like Fuck. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, so you talk about like how we George Jefferson Strut was the original first was the first song that we did and, and like how I originally wanted to end the album and then you see how it ended up ending yeah. and it's like it's like no that was the right call. That beat was one of Calcutta's. He did like the, he did the last three songs on the album and then he did half a room full of elephants mm-hmm. and I think that was that was all his beats on there. I think no, he did Prince Edward interlude too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was one that he sent. He actually like had posted uh he posted on Twitter and Instagram about how he was like learning some new sampling techniques and sampling Japanese sounds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that it's not actually an acoustic guitar, it's all traditional Japanese instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't remember what the sample was, yeah. but it was like an old Japanese folk song. Yeah. That wow. he sampled for this. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and he posted that on Twitter. And so, like, the thing about, see, what these guys don't know is I have notifications set for all of them. <laughs> so yeah. I, don't, I don't miss anything. The good beats don't get by, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he, I, I saw that beat, and it was like Calcutta Beats. And it was like 42 seconds ago. I was like, no motherfucker, send I, me this. I think I saw it and messaged Chris about it, and he's like, I've already talked yeah, about it. Yeah, I've already <laughs> asked him for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and so... Shouts to Calcutta. He just put a beat tape out. It was on this last band came Friday. Pronoia. This and this. So two of these beats are on are on there. Uh, The Prince Edward interlude beat and this beat. And so uh, and uh, an incredible an incredible collection of beats. Mm -hmm. And I told him uh, I I've already asked him if it was okay for me to write to any of those. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, And so uh, yeah, he did that. And like I'll tell you, like Chan described it. He heard that beat. He is like that's one of the most beautiful productions I've ever heard. It's hypnotic. Yeah, and yeah. I had that stuff, man, and that was that was one where it was just like writing itself. Like the words were just Wild. spilling out yeah. onto the thing, and um, I knew that I wanted a female backing vocal on it. I originally actually wanted um, Eliza, who was on Two Ronin. She was right. on the song Pressure. I originally wanted her to do it, but she was super busy with her own stuff. Aaron's actually mixing a song of hers that Calcutta produced. Oh, nice. Uh, so I wanted her on it originally, but, you know, we couldn't line up schedules. And then Joe, who I knew uh, I knew through Slab, 
and had you know she's been to my house with slab like when we had writing sessions like we've hung out as friends just before we, this is our first collaboration yeah. as m musicians but we've hung out as friends plenty of times and so i i wanted her i wanted uh i reached out to her to see if she was down to do it she was she came in and she killed it like i was there just watching her and aaron interact was insane because it was like this is true musicianship i was like they're speaking another language i was like <laughs> they have left me behind and that's fine like there are other people here that i can hang out with while yeah. they figure this out <laughs> because yeah. they are on another level right now and so like she did so much layering and stuff and like all of that the there were only a couple of de like deliberate directions that i gave her for her performance on that song one specifically was the lauren hill line every ghetto edit the every ghetto every city i really wanted her to hit that hard and get that good but everything like pretty much everything else was her just doing whatever came to her i sent her all the lyrics so she could reference them as she was recording yeah she just went in there and killed it man and she Amazing. layered a bunch of stuff that's why the performance is so textured and so fucking yeah juicy and incredible well i mean i remember i challenged you i again going back to that tyler record i was really into that call me yeah, if you get, get lost get record lost. that came out last year while we were kind of in the real weeds of the creation process of this record and he had a moment towards the end of that record which is also a very thematic record it's uh, you know him talking about a relationship that's gone bad and kind of how he was at fault in it it's a very vulnerable record and he ends it with this 12 minute long song called wilshire that's just kind of a culmination of the whole thing it's a, a start to finish telling of the story of what the record was in one piece. And I wanted Chris to really push himself to do something kind of like that with this and to try and really encapsulate a lot of the themes of the record in its final moment. Yeah. And we didn't, I didn't want to hook. I, I, I didn't want anything that I, I wanted it to be about the story, not about trying to create another song. I felt mm -hmm. like we'd done a really good job of creating memorable choruses and all those kind of like, checkmark moments of mm -hmm. what makes a good record. I wanted this to be for the record as a whole, not for the song individually. And I, I feel like talking about vulnerability, there were a lot of things that came up in this record that like, I didn't know if Chris wanted to talk about, you know, right. I, there's, there's a lot of this that like, as I was learning his story, I didn't feel like I had any business telling Chris what parts of his story he needed to sh sure. share with people. Absolutely. And I feel like there are a lot of parts of the story that come out in this song that complete the image of it that are just some of the most powerful moments on the record. You know, Chris talks about like getting emotional listening to the song. I cry almost every time I listen to the song. It, it really hits me in a really powerful way. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of dealing with loss. And uh, yeah, I, it's a really incredible moment. And, and I just want to applaud you for opening yourself up to being that vulnerable and kind of laying something out that kind of transcends just like being a song and is just kind of you kind of bearing your soul and the whole thesis of what mm -hmm. this is in one moment. It's cool. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that you'll maybe ever know this, but once this record is out and it's not yours anymore and mm -hmm. it's like the world's the world. record, shit, Stuff like this Monday. will be very meaningful to someone who is going through something or having an experience or uh, a loss or dealing with a family situation or whatever that 
helps them mm. or or re- like says I'm not alone in the world and like this is Man. you know something this is like I'm, get, I'm kind of getting the hot, the what do I call them hot eyes or uh, misty eyes yeah like it's it's a big deal like yeah. I think the sample from your dad was very like it's a retribution from the Ooh, track before that, and it's yeah, heavy as shit yeah that that voice note I man I forgot hard, about man. that one bro because that was like because I, I think that was like towards the end so he was like well was, and you can hear it you can hear, you can it hear yeah, yeah like yeah. that's the part that broke my heart is yeah. like they're, they're, they're a year apart you know yeah. because they're both birthday messages yeah. you know they're a year apart and you can just hear how much his health had declined yeah. at that point and it just like it hit me so hard yeah man i, I mean like, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Like, yeah 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 <laughs> but I, I think also on the flip side of that there's a lot of like proud accomplishments oh, yeah. noted in this song like, yeah and kind of it made me think of g slab actually because he tweets a lot wake up every day and expect to win and accept the wins never feel guilty, never feel guilty. Mantra, and like Got the sweats. I feel like you're kind of like, you know, exhibiting that. Man, you know? I, I talk about it a lot. I've talked about it in therapy. I've talked about it with Aaron and Miranda. I I experience imposter syndrome a lot. Like doing, I think everybody does. Music, for sure. And so it's like. Man, imposter syndrome is a real thing that happens to, I think, everybody. Like, I work with a ton of people and I'll be like, I don't know what I'm doing yeah. today. Like, I don't know how I'm going to have this meeting. I don't know how I'm yeah. going to write this document. I don't know how I'm going to do this thing. And they're like, oh, yeah. You just kind of fake it until you get there. And you feel like maybe you don't belong or you shouldn't have this thing. But a lot of people feel that way. And everybody's trying to figure out their path. And I think mm-hmm. that is maybe more than anything in, in the root of this is like figuring out your path. And and part of that is who is your chosen family? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't choose your blood, but you can choose your family. Mm-hmm. That speaks to LGBTQ. Q kids that mm-hmm. speaks to people who are having a just rough family time. There's just like this massive spectrum of mm-hmm. people that that <laughs> speaks to. Imposter syndrome is another version of that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I want people to support me and be like, you know what? You don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you're doing it great. So <laughs> just like keep great. keep trying and you'll figure <laughs> it out. I just I, I want to give you all the opportunity to say anything that you want to say about this record as we are closing out here. If there's any other parting thoughts that you have, are you excited for the world to hear it? Ooh, I am excited. I am. I am. I am excited. Uh, I'm nervous, but I'm also very excited because this is like I don't know. I feel like you know I've put out a lot of music, but I feel like it's really becoming real now. Like with, right. the, with this, like really, really real. You feel me? Yeah. And so it's like sometimes, like I'll get, I'm like, man, what if someone from work hears this shit and like, duh, duh. but I'm like, no. Nah, if 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 my shit is like getting around enough to where someone at my place of business knows that I'm making music, I'm like, I'm doing something right. Like, yeah. And if and someone so, at your work hears it, they're gonna like it. Yeah, yeah they're man. gonna like it. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, is like yeah. they're gonna get a one hour preview of so many different aspects of your life. There are very few records that I have heard, not not even worked on, that I've heard that I feel like contextualize a person in the the like multitude of ways that this record does for you. I, I really like this does such a good job of really like showing people who you are. I, I think that like, you know, vulnerability is at the center of like everything you're doing on this. And I think that like if people hear it, all they're going to hear is like who you are. Mm. And I think that like 
like you talk about throughout the whole record, like there's a lot of reasons you should be proud of that. You should be mm. proud of who you are and like proud for people to get the opportunity to learn about you yeah. and to hear your story. Love you, bro. Hey, oh, good job. Yeah, for sure. Also the crowds, <laughs> the crowd surfing story is hilarious. So, Oh, oh yeah, man. That's Bonnaroo. a real, <laughs> real story. <laughs> that's a real story, man. No. Overall, it's a phenomenal record. I, I don't say this lightly. It's extremely captivating with no skippable moments. Ooh, like man. it is a record. It is a record. Yeah. Italics, like yeah. bold. It is a record that you the play start. start to finish. And, yeah. and that is a big deal. Uh, you know, Aaron had mentioned before that it is kind of a lost art. And it is something that I think this showcases really well. It's stellar. I'm really proud to know somebody and know the people involved with making this. I'm really proud that this is a Nashville record and that We Own This Town gets to have a fucking two and a half hour episode about hey. this thing. It's yes. great. It's amazing. Uh, I will continue to uh, do whatever I can to help support you. Please, uh, don't forget money. about me when you're playing at Bridgestone. Nah, um, nah, nah. you'll be backstage <laughs> with me, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Everyone, you mean? <laughs> go. I'm gonna wrap it up. I, I think there's not much more that we can say about this because people just need to go listen to the record. It's true. Listen, just go listen to the record one time for the one time. Follow Negro Justice on Instagram, Negro underscore Justice on Twitter at Negro Justice no underscore on Bandcamp, Negro Justice eighty seven dot Bandcamp dot com. Uh, follow Aaron Deathridge at six one Tribe on Instagram and Twitter. You will also be following a number of other artists once you hear this album because you will love all of them as well. This is some good shit, y'all. If you made it this far into the episode, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate. It. I'm really excited for this record. I, I, this enthusiasm is legitimate. I'm not. I'm. I have a script here, but this, I'm not reading this. This part. I'm legitimately excited for this record, uh, and really can't wait to see what everyone in the Six One Tribe is up to over the course of the next year. Uh, Nashville hip hop. I think. I feel like it's on a precipice, but I'm not going to curse it by saying that out loud. If you aren't subscribed to the show, do me a favor and hit that subscribe button. Many thanks to Upright T-Rex for the music that's playing underneath me right now. Everyone take care of yourselves. I will talk at you soon. Bye. Yeah, have fun editing that motherfucker right there.